0: and welcome to the Culture Swally, a podcast dedicated to Scottish news and pop culture. My name is Nicky and I'm joined by the man who always keeps a peeled
1: boiled egg on his bedside table. It's Greg. How are you today, Greg? You're doing very well. I can see behind you there you've got your union jack bunting up you've got your charles <laughs> and die wedding plates and stuff uh we're recording this on the day of the of the coronation that's how our mutual friend shared a message with us earlier outraged because on he's in he's in the uk and on every radio station that he's got programmed into his car stereo is just the cover- <laughs> it's just the coverage which is coverage from the coronation i'm not <laughs> sure what he was looking for he was trying to find the. Like a See if Scott, if like off the ball or something was on. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, last night my wife said to me, um,
1: "Oh, what time's the
0: coronation tomorrow?" I said, How the fuck am I supposed to know? I'm not fucking interested in that shite. I, said, oh, I, I thought you would know. I said, no. so I had to look up. The, the BBC schedule effectively, yeah. and I was like, Coverage starts at half seven UK time, so half eight for us. What they don't get up that early. I said, well, no, that's when coverage starts, like, there'll, there'll be a whole yeah, preamble you know, thing beforehand, oh. and then it'll you know, I don't know when the actual coronation will be. So, um, but yeah, no, we didn't uh watch it because I'm not interested in that in the slightest. No,
1: um, my wife was keen. Uh, to watch it, she sort of dipped in and out of it. So it was, sort of, I think, they she got a the, the, the BBC's coverage was on YouTube. Um, so she had it on, wow. um, and I was cooking because we had some people over for dinner. So I was just sort of dropping in and out, um, just you know, making unkind comments about the various dignitaries <laughs> that were arriving. Um, I, I I didn't see any of the actual sort of the actual coronation, I just saw people sort of showing up. Um, at Westminster Abbey but uh, yeah not my cup of tea gotta be honest no disrespect to anybody whose cup of tea it very much is and evidently it's a lot of people's cup of tea not a lot of people in Edinburgh based yeah. on the picture that we saw earlier the big screen in Princess Gardens not many people turned up to to, to watch it but uh, you know each to their own.
0: Exactly, each to their own. I think there are a lot of people that are into that kind of thing. Obviously, we're not, mm-hmm. but each to their own. You know, it's it's um, as long as it keeps them happy and, and entertained, and they get to to wave their Union Jack and yeah. bow to old sausage fingers. Charlie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's let's not give him any more time than he deserves on our on our podcast. Um, do you remember? Um, do you remember the other day? Uh, I was, I, I was talking to you about her, my daughter's um, playlist that uh, I was quite surprised oh, yeah. at some of her choices. Um, so she's kind of moved on to, she's sort of moved off of rock music and stuff and moved on to um, hip hop. Which uh, mm-hmm. which I'm wasn't to- totally unsurprised by because she plays the bass and a lot of hip hop music is very bassy and you know she's mixed race and everything else and um it's you know and I'm a big fan of hip hop too although maybe not a- as big a fan as I was years ago but some of her choices of her playlist may have given me a bit of cause for concern <laughs> if I'm being honest um so she's got the real slim shady on there but from Eminem which is kind of fair enough and she's got Stan which is perhaps i thought she might have had a you know a bit more discerning but anyway she's only 14 got so Gotta we'll give her a break <laughs> then she moves on to ass like that by eminem um <laughs> keep their heads ringing by dr dre uh, beat his ass by big money hundun never heard of him um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. um uh, me and your mama by childish gambino um is oh. on there too uh but I think perhaps the most um, concerning one was the song uh, that I that I raised to you, "No Vaseline" by Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I'm,
1: I'm not I'm, I'm not entirely a stranger to that song. No, I'm not sure. I want my I want my fourteen uh, old daughter listening to it <laughs> and, its, and its connotations. <laughs> Well, indeed, yeah. yes, um, yeah, there are. Uh, yeah, I, I
0: don't know. I mean, I would have been well, maybe slightly older than that when I was listening to to hip hop um, yeah. with with those kind of lyrics. Yeah, I think I was maybe about sixteen, seventeen when I was in my hip hop. No, oh no, a bit later actually. Because I'm still in a Britpop kind of. Yeah. Till then, and it was a bit later I got into hip hop. But um, I was about, I was about yeah. a
1: near come lately to hip hop. Um, I think uh, it was really sort of Eminem, that, which then made me go back and listen to older stuff. I was, I was a bit, I was a bit, I was a bit dismissive mm. if, if I'm honest about hip hop when I was uh, in my teens. I was. Uh, a guitar music purist um i mean if i'd known how much how much uh, pleasing swearing there was in uh, hip-hop music i can imagine i'd probably would have quite enjoyed it as a, as a teenager because that was the only reason that I first got into Guns N' Roses, if I'm being totally honest, uh, because uh, I knew there was lots of swear words in the songs
0: um, In fact, that's a good point, that was probably my gateway to Guns N' Roses and it was because I borrowed, i borrowed my now brother-in-law um, at the time I, I borrowed his copy of Use Your Illusion 2 purely because I, I don't think I'd really listened to Guns N' Roses that much and then I yeah I borrowed his copy of Use Your Illusion 2 and I think I listened to Get In The Ring oh, on yeah. repeat and and, and that, um, mon- yeah, that the,
1: kind of me <laughs> Is that the little monologue he does when he's when he's roasting all the yeah. music journalists? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I I used to know that off by heart, and and I think, I think if I was. If my arm was <laughs> up my back, I could probably do it off by heart again, <laughs> as, a, as a 44-year-old man. I <laughs> well, we can maybe do a Scottish version for
0: the Swally as a little promo, and see if you can remember yeah, it there.
1: Yeah, where we just roast
0: Scottish journalists
1: <laughs> that don't like. Do you know, something else that occurred to me this week, do you remember last year, for whatever reason, I had it in my head that you once in your life didn't like dogs, remember? Yeah, I've I no idea where that came from. Well, and the reason I was thinking about it is because I found out that our wee dog that we used to have, that we got rehomed with some friends of the family when we moved here, sadly passed away, but he was no boy. He had a Aww. good life, and it was just, and I was thinking to myself, why did I think that Nikki didn't like dogs? And then I remembered, I remember what it was. Do you remember the time you came over for our, our, a friend of ours' wedding, and I picked you up from the airport in Glasgow? And I, mm-hmm. I think you were keen to just get to the hotel, but I insisted. <laughs> You come back to my house because I want because mm-hmm. I wanted to drop the car off and I wanted to come out of town with you to go at the pub and I knew that my wife would have a harder time saying no if you were with me. So I made you I made you mm. come back to the house and we we had a little dog then and he was yeah. sort of jumping up and stuff and I thought to myself, yeah. Nicky doesn't. He looks a wee bit yeah. unsure a bit about the dog. Um, I think I think that's why. Uh, I think that's why I had it in my head that you didn't like dogs.
0: I think if you. Look on, I don't even know what it would have been. Was it Instagram or Facebook or something at the time? Or, or something. I, I, I remember taking a photo <laughs> with Louis jumping oh, up on it? me and posting it and being like, I've made a new best oh. friend. Like, I fucking love that little guy. He was amazing. <laughs> oh. He was so cute. I'm so sad to hear yeah, he's yeah. passed away. That's, um, what a shame! No, I loved him. He was brilliant. Oh, oh well, oh well. What's that? I I genuinely don't know. No, he was jumping up yeah, on me. Yeah, yeah, and I remember I, I've got a photo somewhere. I don't know. If, well, if it was, yeah, if it was that wedding, it must be on my yeah, phone. I'm going to have a look yeah. for that in a minute. Um, I definitely posted that somewhere. It's 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 online. Um, somewhere definitely. Okay, I will find that during this. I'll we'll have a look for it. Wonderful. All right. Well, shall we have a look at what's been happening in Scotland over the
1: last couple of weeks, Greg? Yep. Cue the jingle. Oh. Hello, this is the Outer Hebrides Broadcasting Corporation and here is what's
0: been going on in the news. Okay Greg, so what have you seen in Scotland over the last couple of weeks that you want to tell me all about today? Uh,
1: So my first story comes from the Daily Record on the 29th of April just making a note of the reporter's name, John Brady, so I can... Build it into my uh, Get in the Ring uh, Scottish tribute for later on. Um, the headline is Glasgow Punter Halts Stuntman's Street Show After Chasing Him Through Spiked Hurdles. Um, so, this, this is a video uh, which um, I'll maybe put the link to on the old Swally Twitter feed if you want to see it. Um, a video of a Glasgow punter who tried to copy a street performer's impressive stunts has gone viral. Um, It'll be no surprise that it hasn't gone viral because he did a really good job of copying the stunts. Obviously, the clip, which was filmed on Argyle Street in the city, in Glasgow city centre, shows athlete Liam Collins undertaking his stunt runner act. The impressive stuntman runs through flaming and spike and encer- spike encircled hurdles whilst blindfolded in front of crowds. But one spectator decided he'd have a go at the Darren act. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Only in Glasgow. And ch- and charged at the burning hoops behind Collins, crashing into the first gate with an enormous clang as shocked spectators gasp in horror. The punter then tries to stagger over to the second hurdle, not to be put off by his failure on the first one, um, and sends himself flying. Uh, security worker Fergus McWilliam, uh, who was on hand to film the video, told the Daily Record's uh, the day of the record, rather. Me and two of my colleagues had travelled from Edinburgh to Glasgow for a work event. We were getting a coffee and we spotted the street performer beginning his act. Out of nowhere, this is the bit that really made me laugh, right? Out of nowhere, this absolute character started limbering up. <laughs> <laughs> getting ready. Star- started limbering up behind him. And the next minute, they chased the performer down the path. He seemed to walk away unscathed. We couldn't believe it. Fergus posted the clip on his Twitter with the caption, People make Glasgow. (laughs) They certainly do, Fergus. Uh, The video has been viewed 330,000 times and attracted (laughs) plenty of comments. Uh, One viewer said, Come on, that guy honestly thinks he's setting that up in Glasgow City Centre and nothing's going to (laughs) happen. Another said, The noise, at around four to five seconds... Where his head rattles off the top bar had me in tears. <laughs> um, if you want to follow uh, Liam Collins on Instagram, you can do his handle is the Stunt Runner, all one word. What's your spelling? Um, and you can see him there at work in Glasgow, setting things on fire. <laughs> There's a picture of him standing he's obviously talking to the crowd and probably explaining what he's about to do there's an old guy standing behind him it's not it's not the guy you don't think that uh tried to do the stunts but he but he looks like he's ready to like chase after him <laughs> he just stood like he's ready to like shoot off uh it's not apparently it's not known whether liam's equipment was damaged <laughs> um the day the record did attempt to contact him for comment but he obviously he hasn't responded so yeah I kind of feel that there's an element that you're sort of asking for it a wee bit. Unless you're playing playing music or something, I think you're asking for it.
0: I'm quite surprised you'd be allowed to set up um, flaming (laughs) hoops in in the middle of Glasgow. I mean, obviously, you you can make your own Celtic jokes there, (laughs) but I'm quite surprised that you'd be allowed to to do that Mm. in the city centre, because then, of course, that just invites the people that are wanting to audition for jk Scott talent <laughs> yeah. because they're obviously thinking that they you know it's bad enough when you're there and you see the musicians and people are wanting to sing along or you know a guitar keys yeah. a tune you know that's the type of thing you, you often yeah. see it, if someone's trying to set up a magic act and trying to to run through <laughs> burning hoops it's just asking for trouble for
1: really. sure i mean the, the people that and you get them in, you get them everywhere. There used to be quite a famous one in Aberdeen. Like a, a girl used to do this in Saint Nicholas Square. It's the sort of human statue people. And like, mm. and I've seen—I don't know how they manage it, but I've seen kind of good-natured standing beside them or pretending to do things to them, but nothing like disgusting or. Unpleasant, but you know, maybe whatever. I don't know. I can't think of anything right like now, but um, and a bit. I've also seen them getting like proper noised up, and they don't seem to, they don't mm. seem to, uh, they, you know, they're like they just they don't break character. They're, they're like the grenadier guards that stand in front of Buckingham Palace that only, only attack people with uh, if they're not expecting it, <laughs>
0: you know? yeah. Because I guess you've got to have a certain uh, well balls of steel, I guess, to be able to do that, to go and set up, to paint yourself silver <laughs> yeah. or gold, and then stand and. You know, middle of Buchanan Street, just not moving for hours on yeah. end. You've you've definitely got to have a, a certain um, bit of composure or be centred to do that. So maybe you're you're able to put up with arseholes uh, <laughs> yeah. pretending to give you a blowjob yeah. job or something. Yeah. Or... Yeah.
1: <laughs> dry dry raiding you from behind. Like <laughs> I, I did see. I did. Someone sent me a video today of uh, two guys dressed up as you know those dinosaur costumes that are going about at the minute. Sort of Tyrannosaurus Rex ones, yeah. Oh, yeah, like two guys in Wales, uh, sort of dry humping a police car dressed up in these dinosaur costumes (laughs) with the caption only in Wales. I was thinking, I mean, that's that's not only in Wales. They won't be fucking laughing if the
0: cops turn <laughs> <No>. up.
1: <laughs> no. I can see yeah. <laughs> you can
0: be deflating those costumes and shoving them in the back mm-hmm. of the car. So, oh, yeah. dear. Oh, well, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that uh, the street entertainment in Glasgow is taking a level <laughs> up and it's encouraging audience participation as well. That's yeah. brilliant.
1: But it's the sort of thing you would see like in, uh, in uh, Covent Garden in London or on the, ro- on the yeah. Royal Mile in Edinburgh during the Edinburgh Festival. Well I think it's probably about a safer environment, the Edinburgh Festival thing, to do that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're not anticipating Rab to <laughs> go running in his tracks so. <laughs> and no. Possibly set himself on fire. You know, can,
1: can you imagine if it was like a late eighties, early nineties shell suit? He'd be like fucking be like Richard Pryor running down Buchanan Street with like, like done. Jumping through a flame <laughs> leaping through a flaming hoop. Oh, I've just got memories now of the uh, the Rhapsody City of Culture episodes Anyway, that's my first story. This week, uh, which, what are you starting us off
0: with? Uh, so, my first story is from the Scottish Sun, and it's about a week and a half ago, so it's a bit of an older story now. Uh, the headline is, you're nicked. Uh, three people have been arrested after a lamb was discovered in the back of a car with £10,000 worth of drugs. Uh, just how? Uh, Police pulled over a car travelling along the M74 near Junction 3 in Glasgow on Saturday night. The motor was stopped on the northbound carriageway at around 6.10pm. Officers made the discovery after the police dog, Billy, <coughs> indicated that drugs were allegedly present within the vehicle. Why are you laughing at the dog called Billy? I
1: don't, I don't know.
0: I don't know. <laughs> you think the, the dog handler was staunch, <laughs> do you? Yes.
1: Well, as a policeman, he probably was. But... <laughs> <laughs>
0: As cops searched the car, they found a small lamb in the back seat next to a plastic bag and a bag of chips. (laughs) Police then recovered heroin worth an estimated street value of £7,000 and cocaine worth an estimated street value of £3,000. A 38-year-old woman and two men aged 52 and 53 have been charged with drug offences. A local farmer has now taken in the lamb so it's been safely rehomed. However, officers have said that inquiries are ongoing to find out why the farm animal was in the car And how it ended up there. Uh, Posting about the incident on Twitter, uh, Road Policing Scotland, uh, who have obviously got a very good sense of humour, wrote, Oh, you (laughs) officers in Glasgow RP, stop this vehicle. It wasn't a Lamborghini. (laughs) Uh, in addition to this wee fella, we got roughly ten grand in Class A drugs with the assistance of a dog. They also credited Billy for making the discovery. <laughs> they added the lamb's been taken in by a local farmer, and inquiries are now being established as to how it ended up in the car. <laughs> uh, so the three occupants of the vehicle been arrested, and yeah, the uh, Billy found that drugs were present there. So. What I, I know is why there was a lamb <laughs> in the back of the car with, you know, 10 grand of drugs and a bag of chips. just And th- there's a photo of the lamb and he looks quite happy. Yeah. You know, he's, like he's happy enough. Bust. Yeah, the, the chips are in front of him. He's the, There's ketchup on the seats, unfortunately. Right. So that's going to
1: leave a bit of a stain. But I, I think that's the <laughs> yeah, least that's of their <laughs> worries,
0: to be honest. <laughs> that's the
1: thing. I mean... I mean, in, in my mind, what's happened is that the the people who have been arrested have perhaps been driving around under the influence, decided it would be a great laugh to steal a lamb, because it is the lamb in season, March, April, you know, it's spring, mm. spring has sprung in the UK, stolen a lamb, thinking it's a great laugh, Had had a debate about what lambs eat. <laughs> Decided to stop. Decided to stop and buy it some <laughs> chips and just put and just automatically put a bit of ketchup on um, and stuck it in the back seat for the lamb. That's that's what I think happened. Yeah, it's natural thought, isn't it? What do what do yeah. lambs eat? Well, P- chips. 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 Yeah, everyone eats yeah. chips. <laughs> Potatoes.
0: <laughs> they, they don't eat meat, so fine. Give it some yeah. chips. Yeah. No salt and vinegar. Just a bit of ketchup <laughs> yeah. though, because
1: yeah, put be, be any salt in the chips. I don't have anything they put the water in for it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just glad it wasn't mint sauce <laughs> yeah. they put on the chips. Jesus.
1: Yeah. I don't want to get water all over my back seats, not thinking for a minute that the <laughs> lamb might start fiving ketchup around
0: <laughs> But Yeah, there's a there's a lot to be answered in that uh, in this little tale. So I'd I'd love to know if there's an update uh, coming any time in the near future. But what a bizarre story.
1: That's just I bet that's not what the cops expected to find <laughs> when they pulled over. No. I wonder if it was a lamb that gave them away. I wonder if this the police have been driving by they've seen the lamb. You know the way that lambs kinda of leap about? you know so this (laughs) little lamb's head jumping up and down I thought what the fuck is that pull them over (laughs) guy will be like that told you not to pick up that lamb that's us huckle (laughs) there.
0: it's their own fault because they were obviously they were listening to no Vaseline (laughs) so the the lamb was just couldn't help but jump about in the back seat yeah
1: yeah hopping about uh, nothing but a G thing in the back of the, the back of lab. Just eating his chips. Right, come
0: on, where are we going, boys? Let's go. Yeah. Oh, fucking get that coke opened. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Not until you've eaten your chips. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can't believe you are laughing about Billy the I dog. I so. It was just the way you said I'm it. Calling.
1: Billy. I'm just thinking to my, <laughs> just thinking to myself, what a good boy. I hope, I hope Billy got... Like, well, I mean, how do see the thing is right? I've been going through the airport before. I remember going through Gatwick, and they had all these police Springer Spaniels on, and I was thinking to myself, I really hope that. I mean, I don't have anything to worry about. I wasn't like obviously carrying anything illegal, but I thought I really hope that uh, I just get picked for a random like sniff by the dog, so I can get an excuse to give its head a pat, you know, and make friends. Make yeah. friends with it. Yeah, but they're doing that. I job. know yeah. you can't. It's, like, you know, it's not like you'd go up to the police officer and ask to make friends with him <laughs> no, <you>? or her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know it's like <laughs> guide dogs. Like I, I always, I, I know that, and, and I, I, before anybody writes in or or phones the the uh, the the blind society, I never do it. But I'm always tempted to give a, give guide dogs a wee scratch behind the ear when I see them. You know, so I, I like the arbadors, but you're not supposed to because mm. their guide dogs are. They're no. always they're always in yeah. duty. They're always protecting their owner from getting ran over, or mugged, or whatever they whatever they protect. The, they don't protect the owner. Like the guy, the guide the, the owner. That's kind the name guide dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, the name, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guard. It's a guard dog. <laughs> I don't, you never know. I'm
0: sure they do protect. Their, they, they do protect their yeah, owner from yeah. um, you know not crossing the road on a uh, green light or yeah. something. So you, you're right. I don't think they would savage a, bu- a, a
1: potential. A BAM, Perhaps. protect the owners from bams.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it, given their labradors, like all the um, bams would need is really a tennis ball, and that would probably distract <laughs> yeah, them so quite easy yeah. to do. <laughs> Oh, oh, never mind. Okay, so moving on from our lovely little lamb and our dog Billy, what
1: else have you seen this week? Uh, well, my next story, perhaps unsurprisingly, once you hear the story, comes from the Scottish Sun on the second of May. Uh, the strapline is "Top that! I'm a mum and I always go braless. I feel it. I feel empowered showing off my sixty-pound piercings under tops. Bras are rubbish." I mean, I'm inclined to agree. (laughs) Some bras are rubbish. So this is... uh, She's described as a hot mum. Uh, I'll let you decide whether she deserves uh, that description. Uh, She's told her she hates wearing a bra because it hides her newly pierced boobs. This is Masha... 36. Uh, she forked out £60 to get the intimate new jewellery she'd always fancied having. Uh, £30 a, a corner, I guess. There's pictures of her how, saying how much she loves to go braless. And now everyone, n- now rather, and now she wants to give her 34e bust as much of an airing as possible so that everyone can appreciate her new look. Marcia said, it works out at exactly £30 a nipple. You don't say, Masha. What a bargain. It's something I'd thought about for years, and I'm so glad that I've finally taken the plunge. Bras are rubbish. I hate being all stuffed in, especially especially now that I'm pierced. I want everybody to see them. Uh, for years, Marsha from... Where do you think she's from, Nikki? Where do you think she's from? Have a guess. Marsha from Falkirk. Struggle. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Struggle. She, she struggled to find a bra, That would fit her boobs in without being too tight. Now she's more or less given up and heads out most of the time without a bra on. And her piercings have given her another reason to bin the restrictive underwear. She said, boobs put smiles on everyone's faces. They make everyone happy. Maybe not everyone. What's the point of having them crammed into something that makes you uncomfortable? Uh, Unsurprisingly, Marsha has got some strange looks when she's headed out to her local shop without a bra. (laughs) Just a, But only to our local shop. But she's fine everywhere else she goes. Uh, she's received some comments on social media but no one has ever said anything to her face. And she says that she's not bothered. Uh, she said, I'm so happy with how I look now. I'm the most confident I've ever been. I don't care what anyone says about me, really. If I'm being honest. I love how I look and feel and that's what's most important. After years of working for others, Marsha's now ditched her job to become a full-time content creator. Whatever the fuck that is, she added, I absolutely love being my own boss and not wearing a bra. It's amazing. So there's old uh, Marsha from Falkirk. So the this, the sun has put a pole in. Only three questions, Nicky. Uh, let, let me know which one you would go for here. The, 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 the question is, do you ever go bra-less? Your first choice is, yes, it's much more comfortable. Second choice is, no, I could never. Or the third choice is, only in my own home. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with.
0: I mean, yeah, I go braless all yeah. the time. I suppose I don't. I don't really. I don't it's wear much a bra. For, I no it's Much need. more
1: comfortable, isn't it? Not wearing a bra. It is.
0: It is yeah. indeed. So I can't believe you've lowered the tone on the day of our king's coronation with story of some old tart from Falkirk <laughs> that just goes about swinging our bats. <laughs> And will <laughs> fair play to Marcia. If she's more comfortable and happy, and she's not offending anybody by doing this, is she? It's not like she's going out topless well, yeah, or anything. She wants to. She's,
1: she wants to. Sh- you know, she's, she wants to show off her thirty-pound side piercings as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what is it like? Big stars or something? Or like, is
1: it like big Janet
0: Jackson Super Bowl type <laughs> nipple covers? To or? be honest,
1: I mean, from the pictures that were in the sun, I can't really tell. Like. <laughs> Like the, 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 perhaps there's a, there's a picture of her wearing a pair of uh, motorcycling leathers, which she's got. But she's got them pulled up to her hips, and she's wearing a she's wearing a vest top. Um, and I've got to say, Nikki, it looks like she might be wearing a bra as well, because uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you see what you think. Uh, she's like, the vest top is grey. It looks like she's a bit sweaty as well. Like and the, honestly, I'm not. And the, I'm not, this sounds like I'm being like mean to Marsha. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just I'm just saying what I see. Like this just doing catchphrase. I'm just saying what I see, right? The the grey vest top has got thin straps that go over the shoulder, but she's clearly got some sort of white under garment on because the straps are wider than the straps of the grey vest top. You see it? Shall I send you it so you can have a look?
0: It's it's okay, I'll take your word <laughs> for it, Gokwan.
1: You just um tell <laughs> me I don't want
0: to see Marsha's massive Melons swinging. But this is, this is, but this is the him. irony,
1: Nikki. You can't see. You can't see. It. You can't see any piercings or nipples. You can just see.
0: I see. Well, as as long as she's happy and and not offending anyone, that's all I can see. Yeah. And she's she's enjoying herself. Um. Okay. Yes. You've just sent me a, a photo of a, a very sweaty <laughs> Marsha. I'm I'm sure that's just the design, isn't it? Um. Of of the top. Uh No. That's uh That's part of the strap, mate. That's. That's a it's a lacy strap with the the grey. Um, it it's part of that top. It's not. It's not. If
1: you, if you look, if you look. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. If you look yeah, at the other side, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, okay. Uh, Listen, me, I, 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 I don't know. I've I don't I've know. seen a few ladies' undergarments in my time. <laughs> You don't get to forty-four without seeing a bra or two, and I'm telling you now, it's just with a, some, some kind of undergarment under that under that vest.
0: Well, good luck, Marsha and she's just had a good advert in the paper. <laughs> um, that people will be going on to to Falkirk to to have a look for Marsha In her, her nipple piercings. Yeah. Did I have a link to her OnlyFans or something as well? No. Is,
1: it, is this basically a promotional <laughs> shoot for Marsha? No, but, I mean, but she has just she has just become a full-time content creator. Um, so okay, I'm, so yeah, she's on OnlyFans, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that means. <laughs> I always wondered. Uh, anyway, that's oh, my well. second story this week. What's your next story?
0: Are you familiar with Chat GPT at all?
1: Uh, vaguely familiar, like some kind of AI uh, thing, right?
0: Yeah. So it's a artificial intelligence system, which is a. Uh, Skynet, basically. It's going to fucking kill us all. You know that. Um, but it's yeah, it launched last year and it kind of generates like human-like conversations. Uh, so Aberdeen Live have asked it, how well does it know the Granite City of Aberdeen? And apologies, listeners. I know we had a couple of Aberdeen stories last week, but I just found this quite amusing. So uh, this is from Aberdeen Live this week and they have decided to put the powers of this chat GPT to the test and asked it to name the top 10 things about Aberdeen. So, this is what AI has effectively said is the top ten things about Aberdeen, so, I want to know if you agree with this, Greg, because obviously you lived in Aberdeen for a very mm-hmm. long time, and i so let's let 's see if if how how good AI actually okay. is so the first thing natural beauty Aberdeen is known for its stunning coastline, sandy beaches, and scenic countryside, making it an ideal destination for outdoor enthusiasts and nature lovers. I'd, I'd go with that, yeah. yeah I, I think it's got that spot yeah. on. Yeah, Aberdeen it does, mm-hmm. yeah. Lovely, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, okay. That's one for, one for, for the ChatGBT. Yeah. Uh, second one is Rich History. The city has a long and fascinating history, which is reflected in its numerous museums, galleries and landmarks, such as Marshall College, Provost Skeen's House, and the Maritime Museum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's got a rich history, you know, I think Mm -hmm. so. Uh, The third thing Aberdeen has going for it is a vibrant culture. Aberdeen has a thriving arts and culture scene with numerous theatres, galleries and festivals throughout the year, including the Aberdeen International Youth Festival. Now... Even Aberdeen Live agrees that this answer is slightly dubious <laughs> because although arts and culture is kind of thriving, the Youth Festival was ditched in 2017 yeah. due to council funding. Yeah. Um, but the Jazz Festival and the International Comedy Festival still remain. For, for so, now, for now uh, so the next one we have is delicious cuisine the city is home to many award winning restaurants cafes and bars serving up anything from traditional Scottish fare to international cuisine yeah that's fair enough it's, yeah it does is, it's got quite a few it's hidden
1: gems and this sort of off the beaten track in Aberdeen for sure yeah you know. I think so. Uh,
0: the next one we have is world class universities. Aberdeen is home to two renowned universities: the University of Aberdeen and Robert Gordon University, which attracts students and scholars
1: from all over the world. It's your old alma mater, Robert Gordon's, isn't it? Yes, yeah,
0: it is. yeah it certainly is. So yeah, I would, I would say, you know, it's, it's, yeah, two good universities in in Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's fair enough. Right, here we well. go. We're getting into the deep of it now. <laughs> Vibrant nightlife. <laughs> the city has a lively nightlife scene with plenty of bars, pubs and clubs to choose from, catering to all tastes and budgets. And Aberdeen Live have said here, the chat GPT bot also enjoys a night out with Michael Gove <laughs> and they've... Included a photo of Michael Gove in Club Tropicana having a wee dance. Now, I would, I mean, we don't know really about the, the vibrant nightlife because the last few times we've been in Aberdeen, we've been home in bed by 10 o'clock. But, <laughs> so we don't really know about
1: that. However,
0: is it? Well, is it a vibrant I nightlife? I mean, if you
1: remember, uh, we were there pre COVID um, and we were out on a Friday evening and it felt like a Tuesday evening. Remember, we were in, um, mm. what's it called? Uh, so. It's up, yeah, it's yeah, Seoul, the old church, yeah. Um, yeah, and it was there was nobody about. And our, 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 our we were staying just off Holborn Street, we were in Seoul, should have mm. stayed there. But our mutual friend made us walk all the way to the other end of Union Street to go up to Brew Dog just so we could get fucking 20 pence off a pint of uh IPA or yeah. something. I meant to walk all the way back up there again.
0: Oh, that's right, and then we went downstairs in Brew Dog and we were the only people
1: there. That's right, yeah, yeah. The, the old, yeah, put, oh, that was fucking the old Punana. The scene of many a good night yeah. out in the early 2000s and late 90s. You might think he's uh, exaggerating
0: this now, but no, he's right. Our, our mutual <laughs> friend did drag us pretty much like a mile down the street just so he could get 20 pence off a beer because it was probably his round, so he probably saved 60 yeah. pence. Well, <laughs> so,
1: but that's he'd be well pleased himself for that 60 pence.
0: And then fucking dragged us there the next day because they do the best wings. They do the best wings. You have to have the wings. You have to have yeah, the wings. Yeah. Anyway, never mind. Um, so the next one on the list is and another one I would disagree with is. It's shopping. Aberdeen has a range of shopping options, from independent boutiques like Kafka (laughs) to high street stores and luxury brands, making it a popular shopping destination. Well, you can't get Chanel anymore, can you? Union Street may be beleaguered, but there are still many great shops to be found in Union Square, Aberdeen's shopping mecca. That's the words of Aberdeen Live, not AI. AI is not that fucking stupid <laughs> to call it. Aberdeen Shopping's mecca. Jesus Christ. I, I disagree with shopping. It's a fucking desolate place. Yeah. You know, unless, you're, unless you're looking for secondhand clothes from a charity shop or you like uh, a bookmaker's shop mm-hmm. then, and I don't mean a, a, a Shop that makes books, I mean... Uh, bookies. A, a, a bookies. A yeah, bookies. Or a
1: vapory. there's a few vapories um, up there. Of course, yeah, yeah. a vapoury. Yeah, The only shop that I that's sort of endured that I still like is the loft in uh, the Academy Shopping Centre. Is it the loft, it's called, that sells like the Carhartt stuff and all that? Oh, it's Attic. Attic, well, same thing.
0: <laughs> but, then, but then they've moved, they've moved to Union Street.
1: Oh, really? Oh, didn't realise that. Uh, so next on the list,
0: we have sports and recreation. The city has a range of sports and recreation facilities, including golf courses, sports centres, and swimming pools, catering to all levels
1: of fitness and interests. Mm. Council have shut all the swim down. Yeah. yeah.
0: The leisure centre's shut. Yeah, it
1: well? it's shut down. And, uh, yep. has uh, been shut for years. Alright. Yeah. Uh,
0: so Chat They started off well, but they're losing it here. Yeah. Um the second last one is festivals and events. Aberdeen hosts a variety of festivals and events through the year, including that International Comedy Festival. Is that that kind of goes with the earlier yeah. one? Yeah. Um the Aberdeen Highland Games and the Aberdeen Christmas Village. Aberdeen Highland Games? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you do get Highland Games around about, but they're all little small ones because you used to get Highland Games up at Hazel but it was just basically like you'd get a shire horse pulling a cart and you'd yeah. maybe get some fat lad throwing a hammer <laughs> but not like a proper like a proper hammer like you would get from like B&Q. <laughs> and Q, and like it wouldn't be like a toss and a caber it would just be a like a big two by four like Hacksaw Jim Duggan <laughs> fat guy throwing a ball pin <laughs> <laughs> up his, <laughs> <laughs> <up> his legs <laughs> um, um, and the last one on the list Greg what is uh, the, the one of the best things Aberdeen has going for it, it of course the obvious answer the dandy dons no oh. it's Friendly people. Oh, yeah. Aberdeen is known for its friendly and welcoming people, making it a great place to live or visit. And Aberdeen Live have said we couldn't agree more because they have to, <laughs> probably because it's Aberdeen Live. That's nonsense. Aberdeen's one of the most unfriendly cities, <laughs> and I'm from there. I can say that I've lived there for 27 years of my life, but uh, Aberdeen's not a friendly and welcoming place. We don't like outsiders.
1: Well, I am, unless you've got money. <laughs> yeah, unless you come from Scandinavia. Um I am um, I was tagged on a Facebook post the other day because the Frankie and Benny's at Aberdeen Beach is closing down after I think it opened in 1996. So it's been a quite a long time. I Ooh. I worked in there for a, a a good few years uh, when I lived in Aberdeen so people tagged me and the people that I'm still in touch with that I knew, knew from those days tagged me in the post to say oh hmm. look uh, it's shutting down blah 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 so I had to wee scroll through the comments um, that people had put under because the, the article was on FUBAR News which I think is a lo- oh, okay. local yeah. uh, social media Aberdeen News uh, Facebook group and people were like it's about time it's gone downhill it's been going downhill for years right so I thought well yeah okay fair enough I ate in there last week it was the worst meal of my life. Right <laughs> and then somebody's put Everything's Frozen comes out of a microwave like every restaurant. So someone's commenting under every single restaurant and he's gone, yeah, every restaurant these days, foods off frozen. Every single restaurant. The guy's like, you sure you mean every single restaurant? Every, oh my God, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, how uh, do we, we click on their names to see uh, if they were locals? And sure enough, uh, they were all locals, um, just roasting Frankie and Benny's and evidently restaurants in general. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So. I just wanted to include that. That is what AI thinks of
0: Aberdeen. So I'll be honest, Greg, I don't think Skynet's going to be troubling us anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I think the the AI should probably have sort of quit when it was ahead, it, you know, it started well, as you said, and it yeah. seemed to be sort of kind of clutching its straws towards the end, you know
0: <laughs> It's like at school, you have to make a list of ten things and you're like, eh, uh, you get, you know, you get the first few and then you're struggling and you're like, ah, oh, fuck what else can I put, I'll, I'll just put something that I know is not right, but yeah. it, it adds up to the top ten, so it's fine
1: Yeah, so, um, on the subject of Michael Gove, um, I didn't I didn't choose it as an article, but obviously we had him dancing at uh, Club Tropicana, or. Well, uh, few episodes ago, I can't remember exactly which episode it was, like three or four episodes ago. Um, go and look back. They're all good. All the episodes are good. Go and look back. Um <laughs> but um apparently somebody asked him if he would ever consider appearing on Strictly Come Dancing. And he said that uh. he said that he that he he would consider it. Um, but basically the whole, the whole story was based on somebody sort of regurgitating the the Club Tropicana story um, and tying it to a spurious claim that Michael Gove said that he might go on strictly if he was asked. I don't think they would have him, would they? He's not famous enough, really, Are is he? He's, not, he's, Michael he's Gove? not popular. That's a problem, right? You no. Know, he's not popular. But they would
0: have him on as like a joke act to... Just make, just know, make a cunt of him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe.
1: Maybe. Never mind.
0: Have you seen anything else this week, Greg? Nope, that's it. The only other thing I saw um, was from last night. There was a a big football match, Dundee against Queen's Park. Well, it was Queen's Park against Dundee, technically. Um, And this is something you don't see ever nowadays, and I fucking loved this when I saw this in the paper. Like, it was a top-of-the-table clash. Whoever won the game basically got promoted to the Scottish Premiership next season. Um, Dundee ended up winning it 5-2. But it was a total sellout, and it's a small ground. Um, They they were actually playing, I think, in um, Ockleview, like Stenhouse Muir's ground, because Queen's Park's ground doesn't got enough capacity. So it was a total sellout, and this is something you don't see every day. I'm going to send you this photo now, which I know isn't great for podcasting, but... It is something you would expect to see at Urwali or the Bruins, and it's two old men on stepladders <laughs> looking over the wall watching the football. <laughs> and nobody, no, nobody, like said anything or gave them into trouble. They didn't get you know arrested or told off. Just uh, uh, let them do it. So, uh, two old men. These old men must be in their sixties, and they're standing at the top of stepladders on the top of this high wall watching the football. Good on them. It's hilarious. All right then, Greg. Well, I guess that rounds up the news for this week. So before we go on to what we're going to be talking about today, this is when I would normally say, let's have a little word from our sponsors and we'd play an old advert. But Greg, we've got a proper legitimate sponsor on the podcast today. And I'd like to talk to you about a brand that's very close to my heart. Doric Skateboards. Our new sponsor, Greg, Doric Skateboards, is a skateboard brand created by Gary Kemp, no relation to me at all, that aims to encourage people to get back on a board, whether they're young, old, good, bad, or in the middle. The main focus of Doric Skateboards is to explore the people and the culture of Aberdeen and the Northeast, and to create designs that reflect life in that area. Now, as you know, Greg, I have been a loyal customer of Doric Skateboards for quite a few years. You've seen me wearing their t-shirts. I have. I've shown you in my... Uh, I, I was in your house in one of my Doric you Skateboards t-shirts, yeah. actually. Yeah, certainly was, yeah. Um, I've got loads of t-shirts, sweatshirts. Um, I live in my donuts for days Doric hoodie. So, this isn't just a hollow cash grab sponsor. This is genuine a brand that I am passionate about. So Doric Skateboard screen print all their own decks in their studio uh, by Gary's Fair Hand and they produce some fucking incredible designs including uh, Annie Lennox inspired board, a Robert the Bruce deck, and a plenty of pop deck inspired by the old Bonacord trucks that used to drive around Aberdeen delivering fizzy juice. Do you remember those Bonacord yeah, trucks? I do, right? yeah. They used to sell Moray Cup, just like our logo. <laughs> uh, so. Um, <laughs> Uh, Doric skateboards also replicate these amazing designs onto their clothing on 100% organic cotton tees, hoodies and sweatshirts. And you can also fill your boots on stickers, pin badges and beanies. Gary regularly collaborates with local artists to ensure that he brings the latest designs to the market, but also with a Doric twist. So I would say check out some of Gary's amazing limited edition designs. They are promoted on Instagram at Doric Skateboards, but you need to be quick because they will sell out fast and believe me, I am gutted that I missed out on his buttery deck. but I'm hoping that this sponsorship may convince him to do a restock. So check out Doric Skateboards for yourself on DoricSkateboards.com and follow them on Instagram at Doric Skateboards and we will put a link in the description of this episode to see their amazing designs. And, that's not all, we are delighted to be able to offer you 15% off as listeners to this podcast. All you need to do is head to Doric Skateboards.com, Have a look at the amazing deck, stickers, badges, hoodies and tees that they have on offer and enter the promo code SWALLY. That's yeah. right. S-W-A-L-L-Y. Same as the name of this podcast,
1: SWALLY, to get your 15% off. That's DoricSkateboards.com. Nice. Okay, and we can can put it in the description and on the socials as well, so you don't have to remember it. You can just check the description of the podcast.
0: Okay, Greg, so it was your choice on the podcast this week, so why don't you tell us what we're going to be talking about today?
1: So I went for the BBC's 2011 uh, drama murder mystery series um, set in 1980s Glasgow, The Field of Blood. It's ...based on the novels by the author Denise Mina... ...about uh, her protagonist, trainee reporter slash journalist... ...Patricia, otherwise known as Paddy Meehan... Um, ...the show, we're talking about the first series... Today, which went out um, uh, in May 2011. It stars uh, Jade Johnson of um, River City fame as uh, Paddy Meehan, Matt Costello a swally favourite, Irish actress Brona Gallagher, uh, Ford Kiernan, um, famously of Chewing the Fat and Still Game, David Morrissey, Peter Capaldi, Stephen McCall and Brian Pettifer, a absolute swally-tally-breaker. Of a cast. There's another, so the first series is called The Field of Blood, the second series is also called The Field of Blood, Um, but this first series is based on. Uh, Denise Miner's first novel, The Field of Blood, we may well do the second series, which came out a couple of years later, um, in a future episode of The Swally. So, the last time, uh, in the last episodes when I was teeing you up uh, to tell you what I was doing, what I was picking, rather, for this episode, you were not familiar with The Field of Blood. You watched it now, I hope. What did you think?
0: <laughs> no, I couldn't be arsed. I didn't watch it. Yeah. I'll just let you speak about it. Yeah. Um, I as soon as I googled it, I I was aware of the I've seen that um, the the cover before of of um, of Jade Johnson with uh, with David uh, Morrissey and Peter Capaldi behind her. Um, I, as we said, this came out in like two thousand eleven. I was living in Dubai and I didn't have as easy access to UK TV as I did latterly and mm. as I do now. So this really did kind of pass me by. And I'm quite gutted that it did. Um I, I didn't even realise the the huge amount of cast mm. that was in this. As you've just illustrated and said, the, the the sheer volume of big swally hitters that are in this is incredible. Uh so first time watching it and first time I, I kinda went in not really knowing much about it and, and not knowing what the kind of premise or, or story was. So um All I could say is, can we kind of um, can we make this quick so I can head off and watch series two? (laughs) Because I I only watch series one to cover for the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I I really really enjoy this. It's right up my street. Um, In terms of, I mean, it joins kind of a long list of of crime adaptations and stuff that you do get a lot of in Scotland, you know, much like the advocates that we did last week. It's yeah. kind of, the police aren't the main focus, it's it's something else. Now, I, I always prefer that when it's not the police, when it's like a journalist or a lawyer or you're doing a bit of investigating because they can kind of break the rules and go outside the law, like planting evidence or yeah, something, yeah, you yeah. Know. it's something that makes it a little bit different. And I thought it was a really nice touch having the the main protagonist be a teenage girl Mm. in terms of, I mean, she's teenage or is she, we'd like to believe she's maybe like, I mean, she'd be 20 at the the very oldest. Yeah, I mean, I I, I thought she was about 18, 19. Yeah, me too,
1: me too. I I, I put her about the 18, 19 year old mark too.
0: And I know that's obviously uh, from the book, but it's just nice to have that as the basis and and not have like a fucking, you know, 50 year old divorced, grizzled veteran with a drinking problem, you know. Yeah. Well, effectively for Kieran's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the main thing, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching this though. Really did. It, it's it's a it's rare that you find something that the let's be honest, the subject matter of this is so serious in terms of it's a, a child that's abducted and yeah, murdered. Dark, it? but yeah. it's at least three, four occasions I was in tears laughing because it's just <laughs> littered with just these beautiful one-liners <laughs> or just bits of hilarity. It's uh, it's genius in terms of the way it's done. It really is.
1: Yeah, it's very good. Um, the so. The the story uh, for listeners and you know we are going to spoil it if if you want to watch the series um it's available to buy on iTunes uh, if you want to obtain it legally uh, i think you can get it on on Amazon in the UK as well um, i bought it off uh, apple um, rather than download it illegally uh, but it, it tells a story of uh, Paddy Meehan a young uh, reporter well she's actually the, she's the copy boy uh, at the Glasgow Daily News uh, fictional newspaper she asked she's got aspirations to become a journalist she comes from a quite a devout roman catholic family all this is against the backdrop of a child, um, like a little boy who goes missing, and uh, Paddy's st- Paddy's able to sort of connect the what's happened to this little boy to a historical similar case that uh, happened that's happened in Glasgow a few years earlier. Um, it's well, I guess we're well, going to spoil it. It's I'll, I'll be muddled by the fact that her younger cousin. Has been a who's only a little boy um, has been arrested for the crime, and uh, she sets out to unravel the mystery and get to the bottom of it, and hopefully uh, clear her uh, her little cousin's name. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> that sort of juxtaposition between an incredibly dark kind of murder mystery, and if you think about you know like you've it's you know you can it's difficult to sort of not draw a little bit of comparison to the the Jamie Bulger case in the in the uk yeah. which happened like in 1992 or 3 which is almost mm-hmm. almost 20 years earlier so it surprised me that they you know they, they thought it was you know still a very sensitive issue with the details of what happened to that wee boy and there's some commonality here um mm. but then so you've got this very dark serious story and then you've just got this absolute gag Gavels, uh Scottish humor uh, sort of permeating through it especially especially among the 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 kind of middle-aged men who work on the newspaper like uh, Ford Kiernan's character uh you know not to a lesser extent Peter Capaldi's character he's you know the, the whole first episode he doesn't do anything Peter Capaldi he's a kind of extra, no. he's he's basically an extra but he more than makes up for it in the second episode and uh J- Jonas Armstrong of course David Morrissey and the other guys in there but yeah I mean it's it's gallows uh, humour, but never at the expense of the seriousness of uh, of what's happened, it's more at the expense of each other. You know? Oh yeah, there's nothing, and that's what i say saying, I love it, and it, exactly as you said,
0: that it's what I'd written down in my notes, this just reminds me of the Jamie Bolger mm. case, um, and it's such a serious, and, and it's one thing... You know, if you're... How am I going to say this without sounding odd or off or offending anyone? But, I mean, I'll just say it because we obviously say stuff on the the Swally all the time. It's one thing if you're depicting, like, murdering men or, Mm -hmm. like, rent boys or prostitutes or something. Not that I'm saying that's okay, but when you're... When it's a, a child, yeah. it's, it seems to add something more to it's, it. It's more it's very, uh, grim it's,
1: it's, and serious. It's and,
0: very evocative, I think, when it's a child, you know? And as you say, to have just this, and, and they deal with it very well in terms of the, the seriousness of it. And exactly as you said, at no point is there any laughter about the crime that's mm-hmm. been committed. They're all kind of like, you know, poor bastards. They're, yeah, yeah. they're all out to get whoever's done this. Yeah. But as you say, to, to be able to mix that with a level of humour that you have um, coming out of, and she you say, it's not just Fort Kiernan, you know, Brian Pettifer is great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. As you say, Capaldi has some uh, huge laugh out loud lines yeah, yeah. as well. Just it, It's more his delivery. And it, Exactly as you said, in episode one, I think he's got one line, isn't he? He says, leave it alone. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. And, and then the only other time you see him is when he, he gives her a little... Kind kind of smile and nod after she's just committed a little bit of active violence that we'll <laughs> <Yeah>. talk about <laughs> later on. Um, but yeah, to, to be able to do that is, is great, the way they've, they've mixed this together. And what I loved about this as well is, is the way it was shot In terms of, it's not often, it's not a cliched kind of, because it's set in 1982, but it's not like a a kind of cliched, and I'm looking at kind of Life on Mars, Ashes to Ashes type thing. It's not like, get in the quattro. Yeah, yeah. Let's, you know, smoke a woodbine and drink a kestrel type thing. It's... It's it just feels natural and genuinely watching some of the scenes like in the pub, I could fucking smell the smoke yeah. and the whiskey and it it just felt so raw and like I it's almost like I was sat there in the pub with yeah, them yeah. just the it was just so beautifully done and way it was shot I really thought that was a, a lovely kind of touch however they did that um I mean it was almost hard to concentrate in the first kind of. What, 15 minutes or so? Because, okay, you have the initial opening of, of young Brian going missing, but then you're just dazzled by it. seems every person that pops up, you see Jade, and I was kind of like, oh, that's she's from River City, yeah, Jade. And then you're like, oh, there's Stephen McCall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's Kevin Guthrie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's Matt Costello. <laughs> oh, it's David Morrissey. <laughs> oh, it's For Kiernan. Oh, it's Brian Petter. <laughs> like, oh, it's fucking Robin Hood. Yeah. Oh, it's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's Doctor Who. It's every fucking second. Oh, it's Bobby the Barman. It, yeah. Like every second you're watching, it's just it's just an
1: an incredible
0: cast that they've managed to put together for this
1: yeah i mean it's it's amazing then i was because i was looking at the time it came out i think i think still game was on hiatus when about that time capaldi was just about to do doctor who i think the thick of it had wrapped up a couple maybe two or three years earlier so i I Mm. think it was like the year before capaldi went to doctor who obviously david morrissey i think was maybe just finished is running The Walking Dead or just about to do it? Maybe I
0: think he would have been just about to do it yeah. in 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But yeah just, that's just, this, this sort of just found this sweet spot where they've been able to get all these actors together, you know, um, for this big, brilliant ensemble. And they, what's what surprises me to talk about um, Jade Johnson. So I I, I, I never really watched River City, but I seem to recall when this was on, there being a lot of. A, Make, they made a big deal of the fact that she'd come from River City to essentially lead <coughs> she's essentially the lead role in this uh, in this <coughs> in this drama. And she she won a BAFTA for yeah. and she's not done anything else. She's got four credits. No. Four credits in her IMDB. She's got River City, uh, four episodes of The Field of Blood and uh, a film called Frankie something, kind of something like that. Um,
0: it's, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's with Gerard Butler, I think, but yeah. she's only about nine in that film or something, yeah, right. like she's, or like 14 or something. She's very young oh, in that film, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, no, she just gave up. Um, she lives in Canada. All right. right. Um, gave up, yeah, went to, to canada and lives there and lives quite a happy life just her. gave up acting yeah and good for her um scottish bafta yes she did win um she beat uh the other two nominees because at that time it was best actor or actress in a production right. there obviously weren't a lot of scottish productions that year yeah. because the three nominees were ford kiernan <laughs> pierre capaldi and jade johnson <laughs> <laughs> But nevertheless, she still won, you know, Scottish BAFTA. Um, She's brilliant Mm. in this. Like, absolutely brilliant. Why? Why waste that talent and giving up acting? But I guess she's happy. She is fantastic. And I love the character of Paddy. She just gives no shits. She's just fucking fights for what she wants. She's determined. She knows she wants to be a journalist. She's just... Doesn't take no for an answer at some points, and you know, she's conniving. And but she makes quite early on. You know, she's blackmailing McVeigh, and yeah, she's doing things she's told not to do. She's standing up to the editor of the newspaper, and she's just a a brilliant, well rounded character. I absolutely loved her.
1: Yeah, she's she's a real sort of heroine, and you know, she's she's sharper than almost everybody else in the office. You know what I mean? Like she's up against um uh, Hannah. Is it Johanna, the the other... The Heather. Heather, sorry, Heather. It's Heather. She's up against McVeigh, played by Ford Kiernan. Um, you know, they, David Morrissey, his character is formidable um, and very much from the... From the the era that I heard coined in the rewatchables this week, the pre to era, as opposed to the mm. me to era, he's fairly very pointed and sexist toward her and stuff. But you know, he's he's sort of kind of heart, sort of rough exterior, heart of gold because he does see her potential. Mm. But you know, like she's you know she she's well read, she you know she's on the ball a, a lot more than any than any of. Uh, her colleagues are. And yet she's on the very bottom the very bottom rung of the ladder at the beginning of the show.
0: Yeah, but she's just a, a fat lass that makes the coffee. And that's the that was the, one of the main gripes I had about this. And I, I, I haven't read the book, but I did read that in the book, uh Paddy is described as very fat and ugly right. and that's why there are so many fat jokes and why she's constantly on a diet and eating all these boiled eggs yeah. because and i was like well could you not have changed that because jay johnson isn't fat mm. at all no like not in the slightest i was quite confused when they kept calling her fat and i'm like eh what yeah i, I would have just changed that slightly like Called her something else. I don't know what would have been appropriate in eighty two, like you know the way she dresses or something. Call her a I don't know a hippie or yeah, uh, yeah. you know something like that. There was no need for for that, but uh, never mind it, it. Obviously, it was from the the source material, so they I guess they felt that they had to go through with that. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely brilliant character. Um, just kind of fell in love with her and just the the determination that she has. And as you say, Jay Johnson. Now this fucking depressed me <laughs> when she. She won the BAFTA um, and she had an interview and they asked her about doing Field of Blood. She said it was so much fun, especially because I wasn't even born in the 1980s. (laughs) I love a period drama. It's my favourite type of acting. How depressing is it? that fucking 80s is now described as a period drama. For me, a period drama is fucking, you know, a bodice-ripping Bridgerton or Pride and Prejudice. It's not a fucking 1980s Glasgow. That's not a period drama. <laughs> like, that really upset and depressed me when I read that and made me feel very old.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, what, I, what I thought it did quite well as well, because, you know, because obviously it has to feel the nineteen eighties Glasgow and you know they I have said in the swally a few times, you know, they the Glasgow, especially the city centre that I remember as a wee boy when about this time. I mean it has gone, you know, compared to what Glasgow is mm. like now. But you know, like all the all the outdoor scenes, they're all very they're not they're all sort of shot in really sort of nondescript locations. You know, like when you mm. when she's walking to work, she's She's obviously walking. It's, to me, it looks like an alley in the city centre or something that they're using for the set that she's walking along. I mean, and you know, mm. there's nothing that's going to give away the fact that they're shooting it in 2011 in an alley in Glasgow city centre. You know, they could the park. I think at the beginning where the wee boy goes missing, it's just a fairly standard swing park, and it's and they're all quite close shots of the actors and stuff. There's no there's no wide shots in this at all you know what I mean they're all pretty close to the to the to the actors and actresses and the So, and and I think they've succeeded in really making it feel like Glasgow in the 1980s. You know, they've got thrown in a few cars, a few old cars, a few old, like, Opals and Ford Cortinas and things like that, Maxis and stuff. And um, and they've really succeeded in making it feel really authentic, I thought. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it was the little touches. You're right, exactly as you've said. There's no big kind of sweeping shots of the city or anything or anything outdoors. It is very close, like, in the streets. They're either in, like, a tenement tenement building yeah, yeah. or you know the, the widest kind of thing you really see is maybe when um, you see Naismith's van yeah, or yeah. the grocer's van parked on the street and she runs across the street but because your focus is on this very 1970s kind of yeah. grocer van you're not looking at the surrounding mm-hmm. area to see like oh I can see a um I don't know Franz Ferdinand sticker <laughs> in the window <laughs> yeah. up there or something you yeah. know you're not looking for anything like that so you're not paying attention your, your focus is in that van and you're right they did a, a really good uh, thing one thing I thought and you know, when they're out in the the call car and they, they pass the barrel mm-hmm. and of course it's all lit up yeah. Yeah, I mean that was yeah. in 1982 it was lit up like I'm that it, yeah. it was like that 1962 mate I think so I yeah that day, that's what I was thinking yeah. and then they start for chips and cheese that was a thing in 1982 as well was it like yeah. you know, I always thought that was kind of a late thing yeah, but I don't know. Never heard of that until I was a student. <laughs> well yeah that was what I was thinking so I don't know but I guess it must have been 92. Yeah. But they did a very good job I mean you know little things like the the macaroon bars that he you- takes out of his, his cabinet. Yeah, yeah. It's very much the retro and of course the, even down to the when they're in the pub you know, you've the, the, the half pint glasses and the ashtrays and the beer mats. It's all just beautiful yeah. kind of retro I
1: love, 80s. You can just feel. I love that uh, sort of copper uh, brushed tabletop that uh, she sits at with Dr. Pete in the second episode yeah. when he tells her how he's he's got cancer and it's just, it reminded me of the first pub that I ever worked in. The, the pub, the, the tables were not dissimilar. Oh, it was just beautiful.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of attention to detail that they've gone in on this that really made it good. Mm-hmm. Um So yeah. I mean, Jay Johnson and Paddy is fantastic. I mean, where do you want to go next in terms of do we go family or do we go to our work in terms of speaking
1: about the cast? Wait, wait, do we go to her near miss with Kevin Guthrie? Fucking get out of there just in time. <laughs> uh, she certainly did, yes. Kev- she certainly did. Kevin Guthrie with his Beatles haircut. Um, no, I think. He just, oh, yeah. just, I, I, we've said on
0: this rally before, obviously, we take. We separate Guthrie's performances from his crimes. Yeah. So I think we, we both agreed he was fucking shite in *Sunshine on Leith*. Um. I think the one thing we've covered him in that we both agreed he was phenomenal in was get dukes. Yeah, it was good of it. Um, fantastic in that. In this. He's not that great. And I'm not just saying that because he is a convicted sex offender. I'm saying that because <laughs> he's not that great. No. Uh, and he's got a shite haircut. And yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I think if we start with Jade's family, so Matt Costello, you know, never changes. <laughs> exactly the no. same as he's always looked. Um, you know, in, the, in the, you know, the atmosphere in the house, it's clear that, you know, uh, Jade's mum... Uh, played by Brona Gallagher is, I guess we're supposed to believe that she's from Northern Ireland and she's, you know, she's moved mm. moved over to Glasgow at some point and met and met Jade's dad and stuff. They don't approve of Jade. It feels like they're very devoutly Roman Catholic. You know, they've got the cross at the front door. Jade's crossing herself when she comes home every day because she's expected to do that. And her mum doesn't approve of the fact that I think that our daughter's off. uh, you know, just pursuing this passion of being a journalist. It starts off, I mean, um, the first shot is of Jade's uh, recently deceased granny lying in states in the living room in her coffin. Like, right easy right, easy gig for that actress, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and, you know, they're having a little, having a little kind of pre funeral tea and she has to rush off and it sort of sets the tone for the way that her, you know, like her uh, mum is immediately uh, critical of how she's, Dressed for the wake because she's got, you know, she said, Well, it's only black jacket I've got, and she's got the younger sister that she has to share a bed with, which I think was just kind of part and parcel back in those days. Yeah, I mean, it's part uh, of the course, yeah, yeah, it's one of those. But she's also got like an older sister who we only really see once, mm. uh, mm-hmm. who comes in to give her a hard time when she thinks that she's told the newspaper about her cousin, mm-hmm. you know. We
0: see her in the kitchen a couple of times, and yeah, just in. The background is Paddy's, you know, yeah. coming in. Um, I think at the end, but
1: yeah, she she does. She uh, feels yeah. quite. She feels quite pariahed, I think, from her family. And but yeah, you know, she doesn't feel that she. She doesn't feel that she kind of belongs. You know, we find out later on when she's talking to Doctor Pete how she doesn't. She doesn't actually believe in God. So all the times that we've seen her come home and cross herself, she's just doing it out yeah. of routine and keep her mum and her family applicated and stuff. You know? I
0: I like the. I did like the relationship in terms of their family because obviously the the mum Brona Gallagher, of course, was famously. I mean, I I know Brona Gallagher from a lot of things because she's instantly recognisable, and it wasn't until I was looking up and I was like, "Holy fuck!" I never realised she was Trudy from Pulp Fiction.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I I struggled a little bit with the relationship between her and Paddy, and. It's not because it wasn't believable, but I just, I, I don't know, I just didn't, I didn't understand it or really get it. I mean, I can tell she doesn't approve of maybe what she's doing and she's, she believes she maybe should be there for her family. But as her dad says to her, you know, she's a, a hard woman yeah. mom, in terms of. Whereas, and as you've said with our sisters, the only really relationship is, I did laugh at the line when our sister was like, can you please not eat that egg? Like, please no more eggs because I've got to share a bed with you and instantly like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, However, I absolutely loved the relationship she has with Matt Costello, her dad. And you can tell there's a genuine connection there and she's not a daddy's girl, but You know what I mean? There's a little bond there, but then our dad's always going to take the mum's side. Yeah. Which I kind of, I'm like, that's a bit of a shame because she's always going to feel a little bit left. And you know, when she comes, when he comes down and has his, glass of milk in the kitchen with her and speaks to her he's quite open and honest like well, you know you know your mum likes to rally around the troops when yeah. in terms of a crisis y- you feel for him because he's fucking damned if he does damned if he doesn't but he is wanting to check up on his little girl yeah and check she's okay um but I, I really like that relationship and i would like to see more of it and i hope they explore that maybe in second. the second series a little bit more i don't know
1: yeah i mean that's the thing. You know the fact that this whole sort of story unfolds in the space of like two hours. You know, so we get all this character building, we get this this whole story of the the abducted and murdered wee boy and everything, all in the space of two episodes, two hour long episodes. You know, mm. whereas you know, like it would some like American dramas would take they would string that out over twelve episodes with a flashback episode mm. and all sorts. And I thought, <laughs> light like flashback. Are you? It's
0: like by looking at you, the last of us. <laughs> <what> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I look at you the last of us. I'm looking at you pretty much every fucking drama that comes out of America over the last five years. But um, you know, I think, because I don't think myself, well I wonder if there'll be a wee bit of resolution as far as heart and her mum's relationship goes by the end of it. You know what I mean? Um, just to sort of mm. tie everything up. And there isn't. Um and like I thought, well, maybe that's a bit more authentic because, you know, they, it's worked out well for Paddy professionally. You know, she's taken a bit of a risk. She's planted evidence in Naismith's car to get him in trouble. It's almost blown up in her face. But Dr. Pete's taking the blame for her. She gets, you know, she gets told at the end that she's getting bumped up to... Uh, Junior reporter, something like that, and so a professional. The professional side of her life's all worked out well, but she's also managed to get her get her cousin off the hook. And uh, maybe it's it's probably a bit unrealistic to expect that she would just go home and her mum would be like, "Listen, sorry, I've been such a an arsehole t- towards you over the last couple of days, just because of X, Y, or Z." Um, I mean, I think I have, I think I have seen some of the second series of it when it was on the TV, so I can remember wee bits. That I thought were in this one that we just watched that weren't. So I I don't think I seen this one before, but I think I did see bits and bobs of the second series. But I, and, I, and I, I can't remember if I'm being brutally honest if her mum and dad are around um, in that one or not. But uh, but yeah, it's um yeah Bronagh Gallagher is uh she's 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 a, she's a hard woman in this. Uh, oh yeah, uh, we, very hard woman. Yeah, without a
0: doubt. And then I guess her last family member is her cousin. Danny, played by
1: Stephen McCall. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's, I mean, you know he's not in it that much, but the scene in the cell with him and uh, Jay Johnson and the wee boy... And the wee boy, by the way, is fucking brilliant as well. Oh,
0: fantastic.
1: You know I mean? he, he must be... 11, 12 years old, the, or the actor at the time must have been that age. He's absolutely brilliant, but yeah, Stephen McCall was he's fucking like, knocking out the park um, yeah. in that scene. Absolutely brilliant.
0: And I was quite surprised they went that far. I had to rewind it a couple of times to hear what the little boy said mm. um, when he's in the cell, when he says what the Mr. Naismith with the earring said he would do to him yeah. if he didn't kill Brian. And I'm not going to repeat it here, but it's fucking brutal. Oh, and horrendous. that's what Leads Steve McCall to go, you yeah. know, crazy. The, the, the emotion he goes to you are really believing that, like fucking hell. Yeah, and I was, I was so surprised they they went that far to have the little boy say that. I don't know because it kind of cuts away. You don't really mm. see him mouth it, so maybe it was overdubbed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fucking horrific. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. Be okay. <sighs> yeah, McCall just is... <sighs> I get, we've spoken about him so much in the podcast, you know. But the the range, he's so nice when you first sees Paddy, at, you know, yeah, yeah. At the, the funeral, lovely. And then the next time you see him, he spitting in her face, yeah. And you really believe that. But then he spits in her face, and then it's almost like he immediately regrets it because he turns around. And he's like, he doesn't stay here on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. he's with his mum. Yeah, yeah, so he couldn't. He wasn't here, and he's trying to justify. It, but Paddy's trying to say, like, I know he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I know he didn't. But obviously they feel betrayed because yeah. of course heather has has taken her story and, and printed it in the paper for herself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, she um and maybe we, maybe that takes us on to Heather played by Al- Alana Hood. The character of Heather does not have a lot of luck <laughs> in this. No, so she does not. She's uh she gets a bucket of piss poured over her, which is a bit of a nitpick. I mean, she's that... That wee boy's mum wasn't away long enough to fucking fill up a bucket of piss like that.
0: <laughs> That's one query I had. Like, did she have that bucket ready? Yeah, yeah, she couldn't have because it was it was steaming off of her, <laughs> yeah. so it was it was fresh piss. Um, you're right, she didn't she would have had enough to fill up maybe a little bucket, but it was a lot of piss lot. she threw
1: over it. Yeah, she ran around the coast really quickly get all the neighbours to piss in it.
0: <laughs> but then as McVeigh says, like she is lucky, you know, she might have needed a shite. <laughs> so I think <laughs> He's piss! I'm covered in piss
1: We no lucky eh?
0: There's absolutely no need for that. I mean, absolutely no need.
1: Oh, you better get used to it. It's part and parcel. Look at it as a sort of baptism. Anyway, you were lucky. She might have needed a shite. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to be sick. Yeah.
0: Um. Anyway, you're right. A lot of toilet humour, whatever, yeah. involving Heather. Sorry, you were saying. So she had a bucket of piss thrown <laughs> over her.
1: Yeah. So she gets she gets drenched in piss. She gets she gets bog washed by Paddy <laughs> in the, <laughs> the office. <laughs> And like nobody intervenes in this, like no. this, like male-dominated office. They're all just they all just watch and listen outside the door while with, uh, Paddy um, flushes uh, poor old uh, Heller's head in the toilet. And then to, <laughs> to top it all off, she gets uh, she gets she gets done in at the end of the first episode. She gets her head gets caved in in the car park by uh, a masked assailant, which leads to a really strange choice. By the director, so we, it cuts out just before you see the basically before the the bat falls on Hannah's head. Cuts to black. Mm. The tr- yeah, the credits start to roll, and then a picture of H- Hannah's head with, <laughs> in a pool of blood that we have to look yeah. at for the whole time mm. while the credits roll.
0: <laughs> it really disturbed me because I, I mean I was really shocked because I knew I knew someone was going to happen when mm. Heather was in the car park. I'm like, what, what's happening here? But it it happened so quickly yes. with the, the plastic bag and then the tape and you're like holy fuck um, and then when she's scrabbling and then just all of a sudden the baseball bat I'm like holy fuck yeah. she's a goner and and you're right after you're like oh my god You're I was still sitting there mouth agape and then just the still image comes yeah. up with the plastic bag yeah. and of ripped open pool of blood and I'm like oh she is a goner she's definitely dead <laughs> um, yeah strong choice and a very strange choice but it, it kind of worked it was really effective that's an image that will live with me um, for a while seeing him just with the blood seeping out with the the plastic bag yeah. mixed in.
1: Well, you're definitely going to tune in the week after, aren't you? Yeah, when you see something like that happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's
0: very true. That is very true. You are gonna. But you're right. She doesn't have any luck. But she kind of brings it upon herself. Mm. She's the one that has to go to the door. Paddy wants to go, but then, in fact, I think it is McVeigh that says, "No, you. You look like a reporter." Yeah. Um, So he does send Heather. But then, you know, she she fucks Heather over. Yeah. Heather confides in her. She thinks she's a friend. She confides in her that it's her cousin's wee boy that's been. um, Is the ten year old boy arrested for the murder? And she prints the story and and takes the credit for it. So when Heather, sorry, when Paddy comes in and grabs Heather and quite easily mm. fucking maneuvers <laughs> her into the toilet, like yeah. I, I was like fully like cheered up, like come on, come on, Paddy, come on, and I, I burst out laughing when she just fucking puts her head down the toilet and starts <laughs> <pushing> it. <laughs> Yeah. It's like come on.
1: <laughs> well, I, yeah, well, you, you you sort of empathize with. Uh... You sort of empathise with Paddy because the, her first sort of introduction to Heather, she's sort of generously inviting Paddy to go along in the in the call car with her. There's a bit of a, <clears throat> she's got a bit of an ulterior motive, and that's because uh, McVeigh has got a reputation for being a bit of a lech, so she doesn't want to be in the car with him herself, you know. So, you know, there's a bit of an ulterior motive, but it does sort of feel like it's out of goodness as well. You know, mm. so that you can understand why Paddy is so sort of outraged and upset about the fact that, you know, she's thought she's made a friend, to your point, and she's just mm. absolutely stitched her up to get her name on the front page of the newspaper. Yeah,
0: yeah no, I can, can completely see she's upset with it, and that's why just the anger comes out, because her family are obviously yeah. not speaking to her and upset. So for her to, uh, yeah, just fucking, she said, bogwash her head <laughs> is, is hilarious, and it's just gives no shits about it. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's what she's done. Brilliant. And then the next, uh, I guess, the next one in the office, we mentioned before, is uh, McVeigh. Played by Ford Kiernan, who now I think he in the second series I think he plays more of a role. I think if if, if my memory serves, um, I think mm. I think we see a lot more of him in the second series. But you know he again he's a you know I, I think Ford Kiernan is a good dramatic a- a- actor. I know that he sort of made his money. Yeah. He's he's made his he's made his his fame um doing comedy. But you know they still game has a lot of as much as it's. Often like very very funny. It, it also has a lot of uh, quite sort of sentimental uh, and dramatic moments with him, particularly. Well, mm. with with both him and mm. Greg Hill, but with him and I don't know that he's ever really been given a like, his his shot at doing like a lot of drama because he's he's great in this. Like in and there's not even sometimes you see actors who are better known for comedy doing a serious role and they and they can't quite resist just doing something a wee bit more in their wheelhouse in the performance you know make like a little moment a little expression a little nuance whatever but I, I didn't see that in him even when he even when you've said it before when he's uh roasting uh, heather after she gets covered in piss you know what i mean he's not sort of he's not sort of mugging or making it like a big like the punchline of a of a comedy sketch or something like that, you know. It's just it's just sort of banter, you know, um, or or just you know unwelcome humor. Since he's the only person who laughs at it and stuff, apart from us, of course. You know, <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
0: I think it's difficult. He's uh, first of all, I agree. I think uh, he's tremendous in this. Like, and and I agree, he's a very good serious actor. I I wonder if the character isn't one hundred percent serious because he does have these one liners, but mm. he is meant to be that kind of joker, cynic. Um, yeah, and but he does have quite a few moments when he is on a serious kind of tone. I think he's obviously known as a bit of an alky, because the. Um, Devlin does tell Paddy to keep an eye on him if he's drinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's obviously known as a lech because it's the first thing he says, keep your hands on your chuff yeah, yeah. if you're going out in the call car. <laughs> but it doesn't seem that way, really. He seems like a, a reporter that is trying to get a story. Yeah. And, you know, when he goes into the police station, he's speaking quite open and honestly with the, the desk sergeant. And when he sees Paddy's there and he gets a sniff of the story. But he gives her... He's true to his word. He does give her credit. I know mm. she kind of blackmails him and says, I'll tell McVay, um, I'll, I'll tell Devlin about the half bottle yeah, in your yeah. glove compartment. But he's true to his word. He does. He could have fucked her over and said, she's speaking shit. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did like the the relationship they have, kind of the bit of banter back and forth. And I loved it at the end, mm. you know, when the, the two of them are at the bar and he does say, you know, I hate to admit it, but you are funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really like that kind of resolution and I think McVeigh, to be painted out to be a this bit of a kind of ledge, he's actually a, a decent character like I really liked him mm-hmm. Um and, and was quite happy when he was on screen. But uh, yeah, again, a great performance, as you say, from Ford Yeah, I don't think he has done much dramatic acting, apart from maybe the um, is he the security guard that gets killed in the debt collector, <laughs> yeah. uh, the janitor yeah, is, um, yeah. in the swimming pool. But yeah, other than that, it's pretty much all comedy stuff. Oh, he's got a role in Carla's song, which I wouldn't imagine to be a comedic role.
1: No, that's the one with uh, Robert Carlyle, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, he's he's got a blink and you'll miss it appearance in Gangs of New York, Martin yes. Scorsese's Martin Scorsese's movie, where he plays a fireman, and he's literally on the screen. He's got a massive a massive sort of paabrun mustache and beard, and you only you only see him for like a second, like literally a second on the screen. Mm. Yeah,
0: but yeah, he's uh, yeah, fantastic. Really, really enjoyed uh seeing him in this mm-hmm. and it was just a, a pleasure to kind of whenever he uh he popped up and you knew you were probably gonna get a good one liner. Yeah, yeah. About uh what was it, Our legs were so long I'd needed a pilot's license to get our knickers off.
1: <laughs> was he the one that um was he the one that uh, says make sure make sure he gets off it, pays the Gilmore Street, you don't want any little Paddy's running about which I thought was a fucking (laughs) hilarious (laughs) hilarious (laughs) hilarious line so they're like the last stop before Glasgow meaning pull out before he shoots his load you know (laughs) make sure he gets off at Paisley (laughs) more Street that was funny Um, and then I guess next one then is probably Peter Capaldi who as we mentioned Mm. before doesn't really do anything really in the first episode and then the second episode he's just he's just he's fucking astounding in the second episode capaldi it's so
0: good yeah i did wonder as you exactly as we have said the first episode what was it like it's one line leave it alone yeah. and then you just see this nod and then it's almost like he was busy for the filming of the first episode and mm. then turned up because he's in a lot of the second yeah. in the first scene when he's, he's shaking said, he's, i just need a drink yeah. I don't need tea and sympathy. Yeah, yeah. Um to Paddy. But immediately I mean of course we got the kind of leave it alone and the wink and the nod in the first episode. You know he likes Paddy yeah. and he obviously sees something in her. And that's the the best relationship the, between the two of them yeah, yeah. in the, the, the in the show—they're just a wonderful. I wish well, spoiler alert: Doctor Pete dies at the end. He does I would I would love to have seen more of that dynamic together, like him almost tutoring her and, and yeah, you know, yeah, leading her on. Um, but the way, obviously, he's he's got cancer and, and he's he's dying, so he just wants to sit in the pub and get pissed, yeah, yeah. and you know, yeah. die. And um but he remembers everything and he gives her a lot of good advice in terms of the, the case and, and um, obviously t- t- takes the blame for planting the evidence you know, yeah. towards the end uh,
1: yeah he's um he's got some great one-liners as well. my favorite with him my favorite line of his is when he and Paddy are discussing their shared atheism and how he talks about how he he argues with his father his whole life. And she mm. she she mentions about how her family are meek and he says, oh, the meek playing the long game, sneaky bastards. It <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh. Just, uh he's a wonderful character though,
0: who ends up, I say, taking the blame for Paddy planting evidence so she can have her career. Because that's a beautiful thing is when he does, it, she confesses to him and she says, I'm never going to re- report her now. And he's like, no, it's a shame. Mm. I would like to have seen... You know yeah. what you what you would have done, or something along those lines, and for him to to then take the blame and the, the beautiful scene of him in the cop car, just kind of yeah, yeah. nodding at her yeah. as um, as Derek Riddle, mm. who well, we've mentioned, um, is is asking her about if she knows anything about it. Uh, yeah, just beautiful, uh, great performance from Capaldi and just absolute powerhouse, and just really felt. When he passes away in the pub, yeah. that's where he would have wanted to go. But it was heartbreaking as well, and of course, you felt it for Paddy. He's like, he's not sleeping. He's yeah. not sleeping. Yeah, yeah. And you really feel kind
1: of heartbroken, like, oh
0: fuck, he is dead.
1: Although I did like the fact that he's in the pub in his pajamas and dressing gown. so <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's been in the hospital. He's like, fuck this. <laughs> to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's there's a scene that brought back. Some memories for me—not memories of 1982 Glasgow, but just memories of being of kind of pre-internet—and that's the scene when I uh, can't remember the character's name. We just call them Robin Hood, Joan Armstrong's character, and Terry, Terry, and um, Paddy are going through the telephone directory, the phone book—not mm, the ye- yeah. not the yellow pages—but the book that if you wanted to find your mate's phone number. And you knew his dad's first name. <laughs> you could spell his second name correctly. You could, and they had it gone next directory you could you could find them in the book. Or if you just wanted to look up, like, a, a funny name yeah. and give them a call. Are you a Mr. T. It's or <laughs> yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm, yeah, lots of M Hunt's um, I'm sure when I got yeah. logos. Is that Mark? Can I, you know, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Very retro yeah. in terms
0: of yeah, going through the phone book. I mean, yeah, Jonas Armstrong is Terry. I I can see the point of the character. Obviously, maybe add a bit of eye candy because otherwise you've just got Ford Kieran and Mm -hmm. Peter Capaldi and Brian Pettifer to look at. So you need... and uh, Matt Costello, no offence to any of those guys, but, you know, I guess you needed a handsome gentleman in there. Um, And I guess he needed to be... Paddy did kind of need a sidekick for the second episode when she's investigating because McVeigh's probably not going to go along with her theory. Yeah. Dr. Pete's not fit enough mm. to go along with her theory. So you did kind of need him
1: there. I think having some, However, having somebody closer in age to her, because he's clearly, mm. after Paddy, he's clearly the next youngest person working in the office. You know, mm. so it would make sense that they would find some kind of bond. Did
0: did we need them to have sex? No. like I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I could have done without that. To be honest, I didn't think we needed that. Just keep it as a buddy relationship. I, I didn't think that that we needed that. But then maybe that was an impetus for Paddy changing because yeah. it was her first time, and maybe she feels more like a woman and grown up, and that's. Why? Maybe that's why she doesn't cross herself. Kind of, you know, when yeah. she, she comes into the house at the the, the end of the, the um, second episode. I don't know. I but I could have. I could have felt that felt a bit clunky in no, a way.
1: I think no. I th- I think it, well, yeah. I mean, I think it was there for the reason she just said. Um, you know, it sort of represents a change in her. I mean, but what I would say is it's <laughs> it's the most unerotic sex scene. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like she's, you know, she's she. She looks sort of inconvenienced, I would say, (laughs) through it all. It's probably the best way, you know? It's very much missionary over his shoulder. The fact that she had to tell him well after the fact that it was her first time, I feel I kind of feel they might have they might have noticed that himself. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. His, his bed would have been a fucking would have been a mess, a right, a right old mess. <laughs> well,
0: he comes in the morning and says, oh, I'm going to need to get some WD-40 for that bed yeah. because it was creaking so much. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think you need to get some Vanish for your sheets, probably. <laughs> yeah, those sheets in the water. Terry, to be quite honest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't seen... Jonas Armstrong in a lot because I didn't really mm. watch Robin Hood. He's, he's fine. He's passable. He's okay. He's probably the weakest character in the show.
1: I think he's up against, though, in Do you know what I mean? He's, you know, I mean, he's, yeah, he's up against some like absolute heavyweights.
0: That's the thing. I'm not saying anything against him, because obviously he's yeah, he's good enough. He's passable. Um, but I, I could have done without seeing him on screen. I wanted to see more Kiernan. I wanted to see more Capaldi. Yeah. I wanted to see more Pettifer. I want to see more Morrissey. Yeah. You know, rather than, um, rather than Armstrong. But he was, he was fine enough. And. I mean, I guess we've spoken a little bit about um, David Morrissey as Devlin. I can confirm that he oh, yeah. uh, was in season four of The Walking Dead, which um, was 2013.
1: Oh, right. Okay. It's so a season four,
0: was it? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. But I think it's only the end he comes in, in season four. Right. Um, okay. Or maybe, yeah, around about the middle. But yeah, season four. All oh, right, The Walking Dead, he appears. Um, it, Again, great. I mean, uh, fuck it. David Morris is a fantastic actor. Oh, he's, very, yeah. he's, he's just great in just about everything I've seen him in. And he's great in this. Um, Again, hard ass editor, but you kind of, he does kind of care a little bit. But I don't know, he is a little bit, you know, where the fuck have you been? Yeah. When, uh, you know, you're just a fat lass that makes the coffee. But then he does kind of turn around and again at the end. It's so beautiful when she walks into the pub and he's like,
1: well, I guess I've got to offer you a job now. Well, he evidently sees something in her. You know, he's... Yeah. You know, he, I think he sort of... He kind of admires her tenacity and her desire to get ahead. You know what I mean? He's... He, he's... You know, it's a bit on the nose, but he's clearly like sort of jaded, old kind of newsman. You know what I mean? He's, he mm. doesn't have a lot of respect for the... The kind of middle aged guys out in these out in these kind of writers, whatever they call it, bullpen writers' room, whatever you know, newsroom, whatever you know. So, this young girl with a bit about her who's clearly intelligent and whatnot, he can't quite drop the mask of being a bit chauvinistic and a bit you know, pre to, as they say. But, um, he does like it's, it's your new favorite yeah, term, it's isn't it? Brilliant, but he does, um. You know, he, he comes through with her. He's, he's even gonna—he's even gonna go with her to do it to, to to investigate it together. But she 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 says no, no. She wants to go with Terry. um mm. Because he's like, you know, I was a fucking journalist before I was an editor or something like that, he says to her, doesn't he? Um, yeah. But, uh, no, he's, he's so good, David Morrissey. And he's one of these guys, he just seems to have always been around. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just seems to have always been... I think one of the first things I remember him being in was an old crime programme. I wasn't allowed to watch it. I, I saw a bit of it, and then my mother saw how violent it was and sent me to bed it was on when I was maybe about 9 or 10 I think it was called Finney and it was a sort of gangster thing I think it was set in Newcastle and I think it was a sequel to a film called Blue Monday or something like that with Sean Bean and the, hmm. the, the TV show was a kind of sequel I'm sure it was called Finney and he plays like the sort of the, the sort of Michael Corleone in, in the first Godfather, who doesn't is trying to stay out of all the the family business, if I remember it mm. correctly. But oh yeah, as I say, I wasn't able to watch it because uh, my 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 mother caught a bit of it, and somebody was getting shot in the back of the head as they were running away, and there was a big cloud of bloods, and she was like, "Right, get that off, go to bed." <laughs>
0: No, he's been around for a while, and he's been in, as you say, a lot of stuff. Obviously, probably most famously, kind of the the governor in the Walking Dead yeah. is kind of a the worldwide kind of role. But yeah, he's been in so many things. He was in the um, the Red Riding series oh, was, I don't know if you ever watched oh, that mate,
1: it was so good and the books are even yeah. better I read oh, the books yeah. are brilliant
0: yeah I read the books before I watched the TV show mm. and uh, yeah just absolutely loved them mm-hmm. um, and of course he's been he was in a um, a show I seem to remember I think it was with Sheridan Smith it was about like some, uh, it was like a, like these people that meet on a train, but they're having, they have an affair or something. Basically, this, these two people, they get a train every single day at the same time. And yeah. then they, you know, what's like, you make eye contact and then they start talking and then... They end up having this full blown affair, but yeah, I think it was with like Olivia and Coleman as well. Right, she played his wife. Right, um, but Sharon Smith was what he had an affair with. But yeah, he's a fantastic actor and he's brilliant in this. Mm-hmm. Like really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed seeing him in this. Yeah, yeah, he's very good. I guess that covers kind of the. Well, Brian Petfer is probably mm. the only um, the only member of the the news team that we haven't covered. Um, but it doesn't have a huge role in this, but. he does enough kind yeah. of pops up? He's, I guess, like the union rep in terms yeah, of yeah. what's it they call him? It's father. I can't remember. i um, um, not sure, but father something. Fa- but he's father Richards. effectively the,
1: father Richards. Father Richards. Yeah. He's
0: effectively the union rep for the the, the news team. And yeah, it, it, you know, it's Brian Pettifer
1: I'm happy to see him in anything. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's really good in it, and like this sort of role, he's just—he's sort of great at. You know, like it's—it's—he it doesn't—he it doesn't have hundreds and hundreds of lines, but like, the scene when he confronts Doctor Pete in the pub, mm. who's phoned in sick, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and Pete sort of gives him the news in a fairly barbed way, and he—he he sort of comes right down, and you can see that. Uh, you know, there's—you you, could just from from Peter's performance, you can and Capaldi's I suppose too you get the you Mm. you get the feeling that these guys go way back there's and you know Richards at the very least has got a lot of respect for Dr. Pete you know what I mean Um, it's not clear whether (laughs) whether the the feeling's mutual but um, (laughs) but you you do get that you you do get that feeling from him and all that you know he he sort of comes right down off his high horse when he realises Dr. Pete's condition what what, are you going to talk to me or or what you disappear
0: phone in sick then sitting here all day What's wrong with you? Cancer. Balls. No, no, liver actually. And this bar is where I want to be. I'm sorry to hear that, Peter.
1: Again, he's just, you know, he's one of these guys that's just been fucking banging out brilliant performances like forever, you know, but, but not like massive leading roles, but just like showing up and adding so much value to whatever he turns up in, you know? Yeah, he's just in so
0: much. I mean, not to... Well, we'll speak about get duped again. Yeah.
1: His his performance
0: of that is fantastic (laughs) when he's speaking about the Bread Thief. and Mm. But he'll always be, you know, Rhapsody. despot is the... Mm. uh, Kind of for me, Brian Pettifer. But he's just in, in so much. And I guess really well. There's three other actors I would like to speak about, and we can fire through them quite quickly. Is Gavin Mitchell, uh, who we saw at King Charles's <laughs> coronation today, yeah. um, as a, dressed as Nick Cave, um, <laughs> as, as Henry Naismith, and. Gavin Mitchell is just, he's such a great actor as well. I love him. It's a shame he'll always be Bobby the Barman. Yeah. You know, he'll always going to be typecast as that and always going to be known as that. But he's a really good actor and he's really good in this as well. He's really kind of Mm. believable. A bit creepy, which is what I guess he's intended to be. Yeah. but I don't know just kind of a you know, good guy when he's on about you know how he ha- he went down a dark road and Jesus kind of saved his life and you kind of believe in it but why is he giving a packet of refreshers away to a young girl for free he's yeah obviously expecting someone in return for that
1: yeah so you know they the sort of build it up so when we're when we think that he is the culprit it's like well there's no surprise look at him he's you know he's fucking Jesus saves fan and handing out refreshers hmm. and he remembers her for the refreshers, you know what I mean? He said, oh I never, yeah. I never, I never forget a customer and all that. I mean they, <laughs> there is a great line um, when, it's in reference to him as opposed to by him but when Jade is, uh, sorry Jade, when Paddy's interviewing, not interviewing but talking to the wee boy about what time the scream van comes and she says, what about the grocers? Do everybody speaks some him? And she's like, no, he's like, no, his sweeties are pish. <laughs> 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 it really made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's great in this, and will it, be. And like, I, I didn't see the sort of sting, the sort of twist in the tail no. coming at all. Actually, um, you know, like I mean, when I, it's, it's sort of dawning on me about. Five seconds after it's dawning on Paddy, you know what I mean, when when she sees the mm. picture of um, of Naismith the younger, played by what's his name, Brian Brian Vernal, Brian Vernal. It's just on, mm. um, it's just on Gangs of London. Um, that sort of guy, um, mm. not Guy Ritchie the Gareth, Edward, not, it Gareth Edwards, is Gareth Edwards? See the Rogue One guy? Um, but he, the uh, director Gar- I know Gareth Edwards is also a Welsh rugby player but is it not? The, the guy who did Rogue One and the raid and all that, is it Gareth Edwards? Uh,
0: yeah I think it is, I always get Gareth Edwards and Garth Ennis kind of mixed up but yeah, yeah I think it's Gareth Edwards yeah.
1: Garth Ennis is the preacher writer and the, boi- of course the boys is. writer yeah but uh, yeah so he's just done, he's just done a couple of series of that um, with, with, Joe, with Joe Cole from Peaky Blinders. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd sort of forgotten about him because like, when we see him in the first episode, he's sort of in and out. I think he calls himself, mm. call himself uh, Kevin Doherty or something like that. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, you've, you've sort of forgotten about him by the time of that reveal when she sees his picture in the photo album back at, um, yeah. at Mrs., uh, Mrs. Dempsey's house. You kind of know
0: because as soon as you see... Uh... Gavin Mitchell, you're kind of thinking, well, it's him, but we've watched enough of this stuff to know it's not going to be him. There's something else. There's more to it that's going to yeah, come up. Yeah. But then I'd never thought when she meets Darren, Kevin McCorkle, as yeah. he calls himself, yeah. you just think that's kind of a throwaway character. You don't think he's going to maybe see him again never think he's going to come up and as soon as the photo comes up it's like holy shit it's him mm-hmm. and then it just all you know fits into place and, and makes complete sense yeah uh, but yeah great turn from darren mitchell uh darren mitchell gavin gavin mitchell, mitchell
1: yeah
0: um, and then the last two i would uh, speak about is the the two cops uh Derek riddle and uh pinball yeah <laughs> yeah
1: i know i think it's so great. great it's so strange seeing him because he he he, he looks like a Young teenage guy, even as a grown man. And I, I don't mean that uh, disparagingly at all, but you know, he was obviously famous for being in Sweet 16. Famous for doing quite a long run in River City. We've had him on again in uh the Angel Share as one mm. of the one of the cast in that. But he's just he's sort of ever young and he and, and playing that type of sort of I don't want to say nedish because I think it's unfair, but that, that type of character. And then suddenly here he is in his his sort of long dress jacket and he's shirt and tie playing a playing a, a detective constable or whatever he's meant to be. I was like, you know, I was like, fucking hell, it's what the Pinball's uh sort he's like sorting out
0: yeah i mean they've got a small part but mm. it is you know it's great it's almost like the if it was a serious version of the two Andes from hot fuzz it would kind of be like <laughs> yeah. what they're like the, the the pair of them they're uh when they're kind of giving paddy a bit of shit and they'll like kind of leave the business to us love you know but like you know we'll we'll look after it We're the yeah. police. we'll deal with yeah. it being really condescending but uh, yeah he's great uh, it's always good to see him in anything, and of course Derek Riddle, it's always good to see him in yeah. absolutely anything as well. You know, kind of blink and you'll miss it. He's he's not in a, a huge amount, but
1: uh, he's another one does that he does very well. You only see him for a second in the first episode. Just, you know, when, mm. when Paddy's in the police station and she sees her wee cousin being led through the corridor, That you know, and mm. he's the one, he kind of looks back, and I'm like, oh, fucking hell, it's Derek Riddle. I forgot he was in this.
0: <laughs> I want to give a shout out as well to something that I think is so well done in this series Mm -hmm. it's the soundtrack but the way the soundtrack is delivered to you yeah is through Paddy's headphones when she's walking somewhere and you get the jam you get Elvis Costello XTC Talking Heads Mm. the Sensational Acts Harvey Band the Rolling Stones and well Hank Williams later on but that's more in uh, kind of the uh, the rate flat, but yeah. amazing soundtrack in mm. this. But I just liked the way it was delivered. I thought it was quite clever that it's always just whenever Paddy's walking somewhere, she's got her headphones on, she's listening to something different.
1: So, do you think they play just enough of the music? Because you you can play a certain amount of the, a certain amount of a song. You can play without having to play pay any re- royalties, can't you? So, no, I reckon they would have had to pay. Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have thought so. Fair <laughs>
0: Um, the only other question I've really got is um, so where did Paddy hide that flake that she took in for her cousin?
1: <laughs> well, I mean was that before or after um, our night with Terry? <laughs> it, it was after our night with Terry. Oh, fucking hell. Maybe I went out under the tap before you took it. <laughs> uh, do you think the that- her, I mean, what
0: is it? It's her cousin's kid, effectively. So it's not yeah. like her second, second cousin. Yeah. Um, I mean, effectively, he did kill Brian. Like I know he was forced to. Yeah, but he still killed him. It surely he's still going to get done for something. What
1: mm-hmm. do you think? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what the age of. They, they do say that the age of accountability is eight years old <laughs> in Scotland. They say, yeah, that. yeah. Like, what really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I was quite shocked at that, yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's still the case now, but um, I don't know. No, it's not now, I don't think so. Yeah, but um, no, I don't know. It's... uh, it's you know, he's at the end of the day, he's a wee boy in fear of his life. You know, he's been made to do something. I, f- I feel like he'd probably, he'd probably be all right, but get away with it. I think not, yeah. well, not get away with it, you know what I mean? But he'd probably walk away from it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, to go back to what we we're saying earlier on, I mean, fucking hell. I mean, that is that it's a grim, uh, sort of not, not resolution, but expose of what happened, you know what I mean? Like, reveal that's what i for. So it's a grim reveal. Yeah. Um, the scene that we spoke about earlier in the in the cell, when the wee boy sort of tells his dad and, and their Paddy what happened, um, I yeah, not prepared for it. In this life. No, I know it's horrific, um,
0: absolutely horrific. The I can't I say I can't believe I I wasn't prepared for the words that came out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. um, you know he's just sitting there reading the dandy. He's about to eat his. It's flake. flake it's, it's a really bad. Thing. <laughs> um, he's going to eat his, his smuggled in flake, um, and then yeah, he has to confess that.
1: Um, mm. Yeah, horrible, horrible situation. It's um, he's going to eat his warm flake. <laughs> it's, it's
0: melted. It'll just be congealed into one big mess. It'll be like a twirl.
1: Know, honestly, it'll be it'll be hellish when he opens it. Oh, it'll be <laughs> like
0: <laughs> a a fishy twirl. Um, so. <laughs> Good on Paddy at the end, though, for biting the the fuck out of her uh, potential rapist. Yeah, I
1: mean. yeah, and but the thing is, this was a this was a net that I had to pick. So he accosts her on the street, and he fucking mm. he fucking knocks her out. Right, knocks her clean out. She kind yeah. she comes round in his flat. Yeah. They have words. He fucking tans her again with a with a telephone or something. knocks her mm. knocks her clean out. So she's been fucking. She'll have a concussion on top of a concussion, and then uh, just off to the pub with <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the early eighties, mate? That's yeah. just what you did. You it's got true. up and gone with just it. Just walk it off, right? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no one
0: else for it. Uh, but no, I, I mean, I, I absolutely loved this. I really did, and I, I'm genuinely, I can't wait to watch series two. I hope it's not a disappointment. It's a shame because I am um, the the author. It's a it's a trilogy mm. of books she wrote about uh, Paddy. Yeah. But I, they they never made the third book. So no. the the second series is based on the second book. So I I, I hope it doesn't end on a cliffhanger.
1: <laughs> <or> <laughs> something, you know what I mean? Nah, I, no, I you know. So
0: I'm not sure because you would think she'd written the first book, then probably thought, okay, right, I'm going to make a trilogy, written a second, I'll write the third. So I just hope it's not um kind of left that way. Yeah. Uh, we'll see when we eventually get around to watching it.
1: I mean, but I'll probably watch it before yeah. I mean like the, the name of is about we like the Field of Blood is a bit of a strange name. Unless the rest mm. they're referring to like the where they found the wee boy. But they don't make a big they don't sort of make enough of it that it's a field, you know what I mean? No, they find him in the canal. Well it's the canal, yeah. So it has been the canal of blood then, not the field of blood. Yeah. Like, the second one is called the second book that is is called The Dead Hour. Which is a wee bit Taggerty in terms, of, you know, because tiger yeah. they've got some of those names like uh, Murder and Season, and but it was some ones, yeah, Dead Ringers and stuff like that. You know, it's uh, it's a bit on the nose or not, maybe.
0: Okay, have you got anything else um, on Field you know of what Blood thought, that you want to cover? I
1: think it's time to put Field of Blood through our Swally Awards. I'm
0: looking forward to this because I've got a few. Okay. okay, what have we got
1: first thing? So First up, then, is the Bobby the Barman award for the best pub. Well,
0: I did initially have McVeigh's Glove Box, <laughs> um, but then obviously it's the press bar they will go to. I'd fucking love to go there. It yeah. Kind of reminded me a little bit of the grill, yeah, like, yeah. it's like a nice little snuggy kind of bar. And like I said earlier in the episode, I could just smell the
1: smoke and the whiskey and the, the you know, oh, it just yeah. oh, I'd it's, love to go for a pint there. Serious drinkers only, in the in yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah, me too. Um, the next one then. In, uh the James Cosmo award for being an everything Scottish. What did you go for? Who did you go for? Sorry. So, for me it was a bit of a toss up between uh Matt Costello and Brian Pettifer. I could quite I've got uh, I've got Costello, Pettifer, McCall on my
0: list purely yeah. because McCall is so high up in our Swally tally. And so is Costello now, but Petifer is also in everything. <laughs> and I just genuinely i i i'd say McCall. Maybe I've just included him because he is in a lot of the stuff we've covered. Um, I would say Costello or Petifer, I, I i i can I give it to Petifer? Yeah. I think I think genuinely, if you look at the sheer volume of stuff he's been in, mm-hmm. and as you as we said, he pops up in just random roles for things. So does Costello. To be fair, but. I think um I, I think if you looked at um Scottish stuff, Pettifer's probably done probably exclusively you know more Scottish stuff yeah. than Costello has, because did you not say before Costello was in Wonder
1: Woman '84? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I may have mentioned it um, a couple of times. The funny the, the most surprising thing about Mark Costello um, is that he doesn't have a Wikipedia page, whereas oh, really Brian, Pet- Brian Pettifer does have a Wikipedia. But uh, Costello is wikipedia um doesn't have one. Um, the second series has got uh, Ron Donaghy in it and David Heyman. Um, oh,
0: which, that's going to blow this wide open. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but uh, but uh, Petifer, Morrissey, uh, Kiernan. Gallagher and Johnson and Costello all appear in the second series as well. According oh, to it's going to be a, a fight to the uh, death. According to in the second series, then. yeah, yeah. Uh, Speaking of fights, um, next award then the uh, Jake McQuillan Your Award. There's a few.
0: But it has to be, for me, Paddy flushing head down the toilet. It's just, it's brilliant. I mean, you could argue, I guess, in case of Paddy getting her head hit with the telephone and stuff. But no, it's without a doubt Paddy.
1: It seems distasteful to take a bit of
0: time. It's Paddy flushing head down the pan because that's Tzu. She deserves it. She does,
1: it's a right, she totally it's, deserves it. So it's a rite of passage, uh, yeah. She deserves that. Righteous too. punishment, uh, the, old, the, old, the old bog washing. Um, next, then, the uh, Ewan McGregor Award for Gratuitous Nudity, BBC One, 9 pm drama, no nudity. No nudity, yeah. nothing at all. Unless you count Jonas Armstrong wandering about with his shirt off uh, in the yeah, morning. That's, that's all we get, but no, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um, Next then, the Francis Begbie Award for Gratuitous Swearing. What did you go for here? I've
0: mentioned it before because it was the one that made me laugh the most. And it's not... Uh, there's a lot of swearing in this, yeah. t- to be fair. But the one that made me laugh the most was from McVeigh. And it was after <laughs> Heather gets the bucket of pish thrown on her and he says, anyway, you were lucky she might have needed a shine." Yeah. And- <laughs> Um, But what did you go for? Because
1: there was a lot of good swearing in this. Yeah, well, I had the shite one as well. I was trying to remember, because I didn't write it down at the time, but there's... David Morrissey says, in his first scene, he says something about... um, And I'm quoting here, but he says something about uh, Paddy Meehan's minge, (laughs) which... Yes, he does. I can't remember remember exactly what it was, but I made a note of David Morrissey minge thinking it would make me remember... (laughs) It would make me remember what he said, uh, but it, 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 I, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, but yeah, th- that made me laugh, um, Ford Kieran.
0: She is flavour of the month with editorial because she brought in an important story, so it is all right, and you remember who you're talking to.
1: You're a minger away from getting your marching orders. Archetypal Scots, Scottish moment. What did you go for then? And uh, Dr. Pete's big red jakey beak.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was magnificent, actually. It was really magnificent. There must have been a lot of makeup put on that, but he had a huge red beak. Yeah. Absolutely not astonishing. <laughs> What'd you go for? I went with the stash of macaroons in the filing cabinet, mm-hmm. or uh, probably, let's be honest, McVeigh's wee half bottle in the glove <laughs> box. I, I just,
1: <laughs> I liked. Uh, Uh, it did did make me laugh like McVeigh he's having like some office drams. but he's he's sort of being a bit sort of conspicuous about it but he's right in the middle of the fucking busiest office (laughs) there's (laughs) people standing like three feet away from him and he's like (laughs) having a wee cat he's having like a wee shot of whiskey like no one's going to notice you know (laughs) Uh, and then the last one who 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 won the TV show who do you think is the winner I I think Bob both be in agreement here it's Jade Johnson, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, she's absolutely sensational in it. Like for you know, like for someone who's got had who's had her break on a soap opera and not like a national soap opera like Coronation Street or East Enders, but like River City, which is I don't even know if it's shown in England. But um to go from a part in that to the lead um up against these like veteran Scottish male actors. You know, because there's not, not really a lot of women in this, really. When you think about it, there's there's her, there's her mum, there's her two sisters, there's Heather for the first episode at least. There's the wee boy's mum who we see mm. in the beginning. Um, we don't really see her. We see her, but we see her hanging out the window before she soaks uh, Heather and pish. But that's kind. Of, mm. That's kind of it. Well, there's uh, there's Mrs. Dempsey, I suppose. Um, you know, she. They, but there's not. But it's mostly guys. It's quite a male. Yeah production. So for her to come in and really hold her own against these guys when comparatively she's quite inexperienced as an actress, compared to these guys who've been acting for 20, 30 years in some cases, yeah, she's very, very good. I would give like a sort of silver medal, though, to Peter Capaldi, because he's just fucking... I mean, I, I could watch Peter Capaldi in anything. I think he's brilliant, um but he's, uh, he's particularly good on that. I would
0: agree with you on that. Um, yeah, obviously, Jade Johnson for me, she's just phenomenal, but I agree. Capaldi, and it's so odd for him to just be, like, have one line in episode one and then yeah. effectively, you know, kind of not steal the show, but he yeah. really kind of save the day and steal the show in episode two. It's, yeah... Capaldi's just brilliant, yeah. and I agree. I'll watch him in anything. Although I've never seen a single episode sort of Doctor Who he's been in, maybe I
1: should watch that. I don't <laughs> know. Uh, he's good. Yeah. He's good in Doctor Who. I, mean, I, 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 I like Doctor Who, but um, he's 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 really good in it. I think. Um, but okay. he'll will always be Malcolm Tucker. Always. <laughs> yes, always. always so good on always that.
0: be Malcolm Tucker <laughs> um, yeah just absolutely I, I need to I, I'm gonna watch the thick of it again because he's just so good just fucking I don't know I don't know if my wife would get it I don't know if she'd understand not the it's more the political aspect I wonder if she'd yeah. understand but um, I would love her to watch the thick of it just to see Tucker's rants
1: um, yeah, he- although I'd, be, I'd yeah.
0: be a bit scared she'd pick up some um, <laughs> terms of abuse that yeah. she could throw back at me <laughs> yeah. she's gonna call me an omni shambles <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> and Omni Shambles. it's brilliant. Oh, dear. Anyway, so The Field of Blood was my choice, which means that it is your choice for the next episode, Nikki. So what am I going to be watching over the next week or two?
0: Well, I thought we'd move on from the early 80s, hmm. Greg, Um, on our next episode. And I'd like to look at a film that was also based on a book by a Scottish author. But it wasn't a novel. It was a collection of short stories. So much like Field of Blood, it has a fantastic cast with a lot of familiar faces. So we're going to take a trip to 1998 and a trip to the adaptation of Irvin Welsh's The Acid
1: House. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I've not watched that for a long time. (laughs)
0: Let's, yeah. Yeah. The Asset House it is. So let's see. Have uh, we gone? Yeah, I haven't watched that for a very long time either. So it's going to be uh, quite interesting to see how it holds up. And again, you're going to think we're biased here. We're genuinely not. But it's under Steve McCall. Yeah, no. just <laughs> <laughs> anyway right thank you very much for listening everyone hope you enjoyed this show if you want to get in touch with us with anything you've seen in the news or anything you'd like us to cover or just to get in touch and say hello then you can email us on cultureswally at gmail.com or you can follow us on the socials on insta at cultureswallypod or on twitter at swallypod. and greg we have a beautiful website as well don't you
1: yep you can find it do we we do we do uh, you can find us at uh, culture dot com um it 's got links to all our socials uh, some blog posts, some articles about Scottish media and culture, so come in, come and in have a look right? let' us know your thoughts
0: Wonderful. right, so are you off to go and watch uh, the bits of the coronation that you missed when you were uh, cooking
1: <laughs> well when uh, you know just to uh lift the curtain on the on the, on the production here when you nipped off there to get your shopping in, I took my headphones off and I, <laughs> I could hear uh, what sounded like a bit of coronation sort of preamble going on from the other room. So I suspect when I go through, uh, my wife will be catching up on the bits that she that she missed today. So I might just go. See. I might just go to bed. <laughs> yeah, probably a sensible option.
0: Yeah, and the only coronation I would like would be coronation street and coronation chicken. But I'm vegetarian now. But the supermarket here does a very good vegetarian coronation chicken. Oh no, so really? Okay. I'll maybe partake that and uh, think of Charlie.
1: Charlie, when I'm having that think I Charlie's these big sausage fingers when you're having your, ve- yeah. your vegetarian coordination chicken
0: that's <laughs> a good point I might get some vegan sausages as well <laughs> okay right well thank you very much everyone uh, we'll see you very soon with the acid house till next
1: time Greg till next time
0: why do you want to be like them anyway mean spirited bunch of bastards every last one of them but not just this lot
1: worked all over before I came here, you know. Manchester, London, they're all the same. Heart's like bone. Mind's trained to think the worst of everybody, eh? Is that how you want to end up? I was eight when the Paddy story broke. He'd still be in jail if it wasn't for a journalist. Sometimes we're a person's last chance. When nobody else believes them, when everybody's got bored of the story, we can still make a difference. I don't want to be like them. I want to be a journalist. Fuck me, I just had a Frank Capra moment.